Hi, I'm Jamie Lee Curtis. And last year when we did Halloween Kills, we put it in Peacock and in theaters and it did well. So this year again, but be like me, go to the theater first and then go home and watch it again. Thanks, Activa. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. I just, I got a note for him that was folded up, and it said, too scared. That's not true. <laughs> uh, in fact, it's it's actually because Abe famously hates final chapters, and trivia fact about Abe, he's never finished a novel. That's also not true. Uh, Abe just unfortunately got called into work, and I, I feel bad about that because I was really looking forward to talking about uh, the movie we're going to be talking about this week. But Out Now is a film podcast where Aaron and I discuss the movies weekly. We dig into movies, movies, most of for your review. The occasional commentary track or some other fun movie topic. This is episode four. Bleh, four. This is episode 511. 511. Yep. And uh, this week we're talking Halloween Ends, the third entry in the David Gordon Green directed trilogy of Halloween films featuring Jamie Lee Curtis. That is the film we've been talking about this evening. And joining me to discuss Halloween ends, we have from Wise to Blue in the Brandon Peters show. He likes to mix meats and make croquettes for the guys at the station. It's Brandon Peters. What Aaron didn't tell you is this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe ends, but the beginning of Out Now with Aaron, Brandon, and Peter. <laughs> also joining us from League of Entertainment. Since when do they let him just wander around? It's Peter Paris. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. How are the two of you doing this evening? Oh, uh, good. It's Halloween time, so I'm here, of course. I'm uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm really looking forward to um, talking about this film. Well, good because you 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 really you were really excited, but when you got out of this movie to, to talk about it, so I, I do want to hear what all of us have to say about the film. Uh, we've certainly had varying opinions on the. These, this latest set of Halloween movies, and I'm curious where we all fall with this final one. Uh, and that's what we're going to get to. But first up, I'm going to get to some show notes here. Um, speaking of all things related to horror, we are doing it's October, and we are doing horror movie themed episodes all month long, as we normally do. We always have these special bonus horror episodes. Brandon is on every one of those episodes, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been a lot of fun so far. We've built our own monster squads and our horror hero squads, and um, Friend of the show, Professor Mike Dillon and Yancey Burns, uh, just joined Abe and I for a really great in-depth discussion on Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, that's out now as well. Uh, and this coming week, we will have a special focus on horror movie posters. Uh, and then our last week of October, we're going to be doing a commentary for Nosferatu in honor of its 100th anniversary. So lots of fun horror content uh, coming everyone's way. By the way, uh, all of our shows, we we are we post things through Audio Boom. And you can have playlists there. And there is a horror playlist that has all of our horror specials from the past many, many years we've been doing these. So if you want to check out the, I mean, we, we have a, a fountain of content when it comes to all our horror specials. And it's, they're, they're really fun to catch up on. And they're certainly not, 
you know, you don't need to listen to them in 2019 and only to get them in 2019. So they're certainly there to, to check out whenever you want. Uh, speaking of which, all of these episodes are also available on iTunes, where you can find our show and all the episodes of our show. And you can give us an iTunes review and rating, which would be wonderful. Help pop us up in the old iTunes charts. So plenty of stuff in that regard, as far as all the fun episodes we have coming your way and ways to uh, give us maybe a star rating or something to, you know, help, uh, help, help better us. Um, let's see. I think that's everything for show notes. Yeah. So uh, let's move on. Let's um, let's get us about no cookies. Damn. Each weekend. No, we 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 Okay, um, Brandon, let me start with you. What other movies have you seen recently? Uh, recently, I've been seeing some old stuff, but I, I watched two Pierre Paris classics recently: The Bodies, 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 and Fall. Um, yeah, how'd that go? Uh, well, uh, I don't think I like them as much as Peter, but they are definitely recommendable movies. Um, uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies has a really nice spin on the end, which makes me want to go back and see what I feel about it, knowing that. And it's also lovely looking in 4K Ultra HD with, uh, of course, the um, the glow stick necklaces in the dark being a highlight of that. And then um, Fall is a nice little uh, one of those little thrillers. It's a little long, but um, definitely effective in spots. I, I admire the ambition in the movie, but I don't know if it had the money in post-production to pull it off, though. I'm not talking about the the deep fake stuff or whatever that they did for the movie. Because oh yeah, I, I forgot that was a thing. I yeah. couldn't even tell. I couldn't even tell that yeah. part. It was more some some of the background stuff didn't mesh quite right, but still fun little thriller. Um, but yeah, uh, I also um, took in the um, older movie, uh, Fright Night on 4K Ultra HD, uh, this past weekend, and it looks stellar. But the Atmos track is what the is awesome because they really. I uh, did some effective work with the ceiling channels um, of that movie. There's some parts where Jerry Dandridge is walking on a roof and it like literally feels like someone's like cuffing in. They got some good uh, deep bass in them and just the sound has some really good uh, dynamics and nuance. So um, that's a, that's a treat. If you have an Atmos track, it's a steel book too. So even cool case. So. <laughs> well, very cool. And Fright Night rules. So. Fright Night does rule in any form one, two or remake. And then we don't, pretend we pretend the one that happened after the remake that was just something yeah weirdly a remake of the first one but like set in europe <laughs> yeah fright it was called like fright night 2 but it was like a, a remake of again the, it was a remake of the same concept but it's, it's a really weird choice and it had that girl from dexter season two yeah um yeah it's like the jerry dandridge yeah. character it's it's weird all right. Well, thanks, Brandon. What, mm-hmm. uh, Peter, what have you been watching lately? I watched, I did actually watch Fall, uh, with, um, how many times have you seen Fall? I've seen Fall three times now. I watched <laughs> Fall with, um, the person I'm seeing. And, uh, I got to ask just a quick thing. Um, so the person uh, I'm seeing is not a huge movie person, but oh my God. I mean, as you all know, Fall's about 220 something women that go up this tower. Um, stupidly she, could, she really could not get past how manipulative she found the hunter character to be essentially there's a character that's like come on man we got to face our fear we got to go up this tower and i was like yeah that's just the pl-. you know that's the plot we just got to get them there she hated her <laughs> i can see that terrible she's manipulative that's her friend i was like i mean yes you're right but like so wait i'm just curious for brandon 
did that in did that inform your viewing were you like up and down about that like did that matter to you i it was i i mean she's not the way it plays out i mean that that character has some other things they're battling and that's kind of their way to like maybe they think they're solving something um and everybody needs extra padding so i don't know i mean my (laughs) thought on that is that's that's movie i mean yeah. that's, I mean, there's, no, there's no movie without there being something like, yeah you have to push a character in some way and like that makes sense to me my like my bigger issue is trying to tell me characters are smart and then have them do things that are not just like dumb by movie standards but just by like world standards like they're professional- Actually, i think that most of Hey, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan would be upset. They're professional climbers that are like, let's yeah. not inspect the rusty tower that sure, will probably sure. fall down if we climb on it. Guess what happens? I mean, I also <laughs> thought, I also thought to myself, if they just had, if they just brought parachutes with them, no movie. Like, I mean, well, for <laughs> for a moment, for a moment there, I was like, don't they have a drone? I'm like, oh wait, 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 wait. It's yeah. in the backpack. Yeah, yeah. it's in the backpack. <laughs> in the backpack. <laughs> But oh, uh, so I watched. Yes, I watched that, which I still very much enjoy. Uh, and then I watched um, early Alfonso Cuarón film, um, Great Expectations, uh, which I've you know I've never were those seen. met. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think I think it's you know it's an early Cuarón film. I think it it's unfortunately I only had a DVD, so like I could tell it's very beautifully shot, and I like the costumes. But I was like, man, I really would like to see a better like transfer uh, of this. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was I mean, it's not, you know, it's not Gravity or E2 Mama, but like it's I'm not, you know, as it is, I am not that familiar because I didn't realize how many maybe you guys versions of Great Expectations. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of filmed versions of Great Expectations. It's like Little Women. It's like Little Women. There are a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's got a universe. I'm surprised it's not a Netflix miniseries. I think most of them are period, right? Probably. I, if I had to guess offhand, yes, I'd probably say it's probably the only one that's set specifically in modern times as opposed to. So, be. is this an Ethan Hawke's contract if he does classic literature? Because isn't he the one in. He's the, Hamlet. Uh, yeah, he's Hamlet. Famous. Yeah, yeah. Hamlet. Yeah. I only do modern versions. I don't uh, I don't put on period. And uh, was it uh, Shakespeare's Daybreakers is set in the future? So, he's got that going for him. I think uh, well, the, 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 uh, when that came out, like the soundtrack was a big deal, wasn't it? For What's Hamlet some, or some, Great Expectations? Great Expectations. No, Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. it's a lot like, of it's that okay. 90s thing when you got... Oh, yeah. it was, oh, they caught Scott Weiland during his solo yep. phase. Yeah, you got Cornell, Tori Amos is on a Duncan Sheik. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah one that's, of those. Yep. Okay. That's that like period between like Clueless and what... And I don't know, like Cruel Intentions, where you have all these they're varying like hit soundtracks to these kind of movies. Gotcha. Anything else, Peter? Um, no, I'd say those are the two big ones. Like, I'm sure there's a billion other things that I've sampled and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'd say those are the two. Aaron, you watch anything this week? I, you know what? <laughs> let me let me tell you, I did. I did watch some things this week. Uh, I watched VHS 99. Uh, oh, the, the latest in the VHS anthology I'm like ni- series. I'm like 93 series. behind on those. So yeah, you're getting there. Yeah. Um, this one, like, this is the fifth one, right? Yeah, because because there's one, two, viral, ninety four, and now ninety. Okay, ninety nine. So, um, as usual, it's a VHS movie, so it's v, it's a anthology series where the varying clips 
uh, the the tapes uh, will have different quality of entertainment uh, without getting into the details on what's going on in these, because I always like being surprised myself about what actually happens in the different short stories. I will say there's one directed by what's his name? Johannes Roberts, who did like strangers Two and uh, 47 meters down. Okay. Um, uh, That's probably the best one, um, which was impressive because he's still like, as opposed to having, you know, studio horror films, he's making this kind of grimy VHS style movie. And it's it's pretty effective. Um, and there's one towards the, the like the end one always feels like it's trying to be like a blowout one where it's like, let's just get crazy. Like the other ones are like gory or do like other interesting things. And the, the last one always seems to be like, let's just have like a big fun, like grand finale type of thing. And it's a pretty cool idea with what they do, given the scope of it that I was impressed by. Uh, I will say there were like the I don't think there's any duds i don't I, like the first one didn't particularly grab me like it was a pretty weak way to start it by comparison but for a vhs film none of these have reached two like two i think was just like all the shorts really just nailed what they were going for and were well and like, they kind of reacted well to the first one like there were some criticisms of the i had real problems with they, the yeah. first one and they yeah they really kind of rectified it i think since then i've liked the subsequent vhs films they're just mm-hmm. not quite nailing it like two just went out of its way to well they, so, they, they've gotten to that anthology thing where it's like roll the dice okay scored on like three of them cool we're good you know yeah and so i like i is this better than 94 i don't know i i can't but i i, I had a good time overall i do think it's coming to shutter it's not gonna be you know so it's not good like it's a super hard reach to find and enjoy these um so yeah I, if you like the vhs series or anthology horror shorts i think this supplies what you'd want for the halloween season shutter we do scary <laughs> um what else uh, i watched a movie called gone in the night uh this is a thriller that came out like in limited release this year it stars winona Ryder, mm. dermot mulroney okay um what's his name um 10 cloverfield lane that's not john goodman um john gallagher jr john gallagher jr that was like i know it's john john gallagher jr um it's it's from this uh this the director is Eli Horowitz. He's a like a podcast producer guy. He did this oh my god, I'm forgetting all the series today. There's a series on Amazon that was based on a podcast he did that was that started uh God that had Julia Roberts in it for the first season. That's gonna bug me. Uh regardless, he's making a feature film debut here. He's he's pretty uh, homecoming. Homecoming, thank you. Yeah. Because it's a good podcast. Anna and my I'm the research and I. guy this episode. Thank you. Um, my little girlfriend and I, we listened to the podcast series because it had Oscar Isaac and Catherine Keener. It was really solid and they made it into an actual series. But so now he's made up. He's, he's gone from making like audio stories to making a feature film. And it, it's about it, it's the third or fourth film I've seen this year about two people, two groups that have made Air, Airbnb reservations at the same place. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I was like, so what's this one going to be? So you have Winona Ryder and John Gallagher Jr. as like a couple and they arrive at a place uh, where some other couples are already there. And it's another like, what's going on here kind of mystery. And And none of them turn to comedies. They all. (laughs) Yeah, there's I mean, there's some humor, but yeah, it's certainly trying to be a thriller. I will say (laughs) It's it's really compelling to until the third act when you get answers and the answers suck, um, which was unfortunate because I was like, I want to know what the answer to all this is. I want to know where this story's going because you have this. There's a Winona Ryder's like the she's like in most of this movie. Like there's things happen and there's like people that disappear for varying reasons. 
and so you're 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 basically with Ryder trying to figure out like what what's happened here, and it's a shame that like finding out what happened is far less interesting than like the rest of the movie leading up to it. Mm. It's like Dermot Moroni gets involved at one point, and like he's does he show up in the middle of it or is he at the beginning? He's more he's more towards like the end of the first act essentially. Um, and it's like there's a lot to recommend as far as there's good people here, there's good acting, there's it's it's well made. I just don't really like the resolution of this, but it's it's on canopy, so it's not hard to watch. Gone in the night. Oh, okay. The last thing I'll mention is since we're all going with older movies as well, uh, because I watched a new David Gordon Green film, I decided to watch an old David Gordon Green film, so I watched George Washington again, um, which is just a terrific coming of age drama, um, really solid. Um, I I don't know how else to recommend George Washington beyond it's the it's his first it's George David Gordon Green's first movie and it's a breakout for a good reason it's a, it's a really strong story of kids in a urban society that's with one who has a has things that, I don't know it's I'm being very vague about it for some reason but I mean it's it's hard to like because it's not really a plot heavy movie it's more just character stuff and it's good it's a re- I mean there's a reason why David Gordon Green broke out in the indie world um with between that and all the real girls and some of his other early movies. People have forgotten who he is. Uh, I don't know why the director of The Sitter and the, our brand is Crisis. <laughs> I'm going to keep the traction going <laughs> with his indie fame. Um, but yeah, I, I I certainly highly recommend George Washington if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Pretty much most of all of uh, David Gordon Green's early films as an indie filmmaker. <laughs> he's, he's made a lot of really good movies. Um, all right. That's enough quickies. TM. Let's TM. move on. Thank you. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk for the week. Here's where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. When it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. This week, we have the trailer for Megan, or May Thregan, um, as we so call it. <laughs> uh, this is a film from the writers of Malignant. That's right. James Wan and Akela Cooper. Um, this film directed by Gerard Johnstone. It involves Allison Williams as a brilliant roboticist as described in the Wikipedia page I'm looking at here, um, who has designed a artificial intelligence known as Megan, that's basically a lifelike doll, programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally. That's more of the Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, uh, because this is a movie produced by Blumhouse, things are not going to go uh, the way that I think they ideally want them to. And so we'll get some kind of thriller from here involving a dangerous robot. With all of that in mind, Peter, I want to hear from you. What do you think of this trailer for Megan? I was, I mean, you know, it's so much the kind of thing that I'm definitely going to see. Um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I... It it feels a little. This feels like the kind of thing that, like, I guess you know, uh, post COVID or whatever. It it did. I it, James Wan's name comes up, you know, but there was very much a, a vibe for me where I was like, isn't this the kind of thing that would just be on like Netflix or some kind of free streaming? Like, I was like, is this the? I don't know. I I almost wished that, even though we might be disappointed when we see the movie. I almost wish that the trailer didn't show off Megan as much. And so that in my mind, I'd be like, oh, maybe they're going to really pull this off. How's, what's this robot going to look like and everything? Like, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, I mean, of course I'm going to see. Also, isn't it January? Is that when it's coming? Yes. January 13th. I mean, so that's kind of a dumping ground. So it's like the recent Scream movie. Not for horror. Horror always does well in the early January months. Mm-hmm. So you'll, get, you'll get a pretty solid hit there. 
You're talking it, no, okay. hits, but Peter's referring more to quality. Right. Yeah. You're well, totally yeah. right. It could be a hit, but I don't know if it'll be. And there's a lot of bad horror movies that have come out in January, February. But I, I would argue yeah. more recently, some good horror movies have come out in January, February. Like the wait, what came out? In, oh, like did recent, X come out? Like the Scream, recent Scream it, movie that just came uh, out. Well, the fourth Insidious came out there. I like those Insidious movies, so I didn't think it was a dump. But Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, came out in January. That's one of the best ones. I know it is. <laughs> Paranormal Activity, the best ones. I'm That's not arguing against the idea that January does not always prove the most fruitful ground for right. good movies in general, horror or otherwise. I'm just saying, in recent years, it's actually gotten pretty bad. It's gotten better. So I, I want to have my hopes up for that reason, because I agree with you, uh, Peter. I, I do think, and I honestly... I kind of stopped the trailer at a point because I'm like, I get it. I don't feel like I just shouldn't know more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can see that. So it's like, I, and I think it, I pointed out the writers for the writers of malignant are behind this. So I'm hoping that there's just some, Oh, that's true. I'm hoping there's just yeah. some batshit quality to this that like allows it to be more than just, oh, this doll's gonna kill us all. Like I, I like to think that there's more than Allison that. Williams is murdering people to make the doll. <laughs> It's not a doll at all. <laughs> it's just all right. So yeah. how about this? How about this? Not necessarily a doll correlation, but just off the top of your head, based on what you guys have seen, um, do you think this will be better, worse, same as Orphan First Kill? I mean, I really liked Orphan First. Kill. I, I liked Orphan Kill First Kill. Underrated. I, I like Orphan. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, That's true. I don't know. First kill was underrated. Didn't it get pretty good reviews? Given that it's orphan um, first kill, that was a pretty, yeah, that was a well reviewed one. Did it get okay? Yeah. Although, oh, so that means that orphan first kill is following that weird footstep of like the uh, Ouija and Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. Well, thing. I would say I don't think people liked first kill more than orphan though. I think orphan really. Oh, people, and okay. they're, more, they're more just like. Well, this surprised us. Like they actually right. made a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I bet your comparison should more be like, is this going to be like the boy good? Like, if you, that's, I feel like a lower tier. Uh, Brandon, what do you think? What are you worried about with this trailer? Um, I, well, the, I trust the names <laughs> that got that get thrown up on the screen. Uh -huh. Um, it's got a weird, bright look to it, and. I feel like it's setting itself up and showcasing itself in a way that's like, hey, a-holes, get ready. We got your memes coming. This movie's going to give you all the memes when you skip it in the theater and then wait for it to go on a streaming service and then post memes about it. Like, like I feel like it's ready for gifts and memes um, already from the trailer. I've already seen people posting like that. And I feel like this movie is like, the trailer at least is like hinting at that kind of potential uh, killer doll movies, uh, you know, uh, like every other horror, be it could be crap, could be could be sneakily good. Um, if it's the malignant people uh, at this point, I'm like, well, this has to have something more to it than just what we're seeing. Uh, and the one thing that excited me is that um, Megan is under the Universal banner, so she could go against Chucky if that need be. So. I don't know. It, it, yeah, right. I, I don't know if the trailer. I'm like, I'm like, oh, Megan's gonna be awesome. <laughs> but the James Wan and malignant people like attached. I'm like, well, oh, this that has my attention of it. You could have just put a poster with, you know, you put the poster with their names on. I'm like, all right, I, right now I'm so high on malignant. I'm gonna see that. 
you know, like that's. And I think they had that for a while because I remember we've heard about Megan before we actually saw the yeah there the trailer was a, for it. There so, was something I mean, that dropped this summer. It was like yeah, so they, they there was an announcement that yes did get me excited as far as the people that wrote Malignant have some other crazy thing happening. Did it have a date at that time? Because I think the announcement was like coming in twenty twenty three. I was like, gee, why are they announcing this so far ahead? I I think it did. It just emphasized that even the poster now doesn't say January on it specifically. It just says twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think we're all pretty much on the same page with this as far as like there's potential here, but where is this really going to go? Can it lean into the craziness of Malignant or is it just going to be a standard, you know, evil doll movie? Um, but yes, I do think the James Wan factor, not him just being a producer, but co-writing this, I, I'd, I'd like to think that's a, <laughs> that's a plus. Yeah. So like. We'll see, as always. But uh, Megan arrives in theaters January 13th, 2023. All right. Well, let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Halloween Ends. What are you going to do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. That should have been some of the trailer for Halloween Ends. At some point, indie slash journeyman filmmaker David Gordon Green and his best friend slash co-producer slash co-writer and actor Danny McBride stumbled into Jason Blum's office and pitched an idea for Halloween. Not only was it accepted, but even John Carpenter gave a nod of approval and go on to agree to score the film. 2018's Halloween was a success in restarting the Halloween timeline anew with a 40 years later approach that removed Michael's sibling connection to Laurie Strode. Halloween Kills met with less approval, but served as a Michael Myers exploitation film with an added bit of cynical social commentary thrown in for good measure. Now we have Halloween Ends, the final chapter of the Gordon Greeniverse, which finds the town of Haddonfield dealing with the aftermath of Michael's Slaughterfest. While Laurie and her granddaughter receive plenty of focus, we also check in with a new character, Corey Cunningham, who has his own tragic history and soon finds himself having a life-changing encounter with the town's brutal boogeyman. Brandon, we've talked about these films over the past few years, Recall where you've been with them, and what did you think of this film? Okay, um, I yeah, this is uh, three for three with these. I've completed the greenogy or whatever. Um, so the uh, Halloween twenty eighteen came out. I I liked it, but I wasn't over the moon for it with a lot of people. I think a lot of people forgot a lot of stuff the Halloween series had already did that that film did once again, and it was loaded with like distracting Easter eggs stuff like that. It's a it's a solid movie. It's pretty good, but I didn't feel like it reinvented the wheel like a lot of people had gone with it. And I think part of my, I like it more now. I think a lot of my pissy pants was this marketing and stuff where we seem we seem to have a lot of fans that come out like the following fandoms, just everybody on the internet now, apparently they hold these movies dear, which I don't think I've watched some of these before, but, oh, Solid Wade movie. Um, we had our fun laughing at their way to get to the third act. Um, Halloween Kills. I think I I 
liked it about as much, but I thought it was more interesting because it uh, decided to go with some different details. It was a little different than what we'd have before. Um, these episodes are available on iTunes and anywhere you can find podcasts if you want more detailed things. But here we go with Halloween Ends, where they go wildly different. And this is the kind of stuff I want to see from Halloween because we have this is the 13th Halloween movie. Um, and people, well, here, my own thoughts. Um, this is uh, a movie that takes a big swing. It does something really different, but I, ultimately, I feel like with ends, the things explored here, the way the story is told, improves the two that came before it in a real way. Because I feel like David Gordon Green, with each entry, has stepped back and asked himself about serious and repercussions from his previous entry. Like, with where would this really go? Like, what should we do? He's not, he's not looking, they bring him on. And the thing I've liked about him is he did a status quo movie the first time. And then he's not going to do that two more times. He's going to really take it. He's going to have a vision. He's going to, he's going to inject some new stuff here. Um, and this is something like, I think people have been asking for out of slashers or something to do. Um, with it and it's not it's not your traditional so if you're looking for a traditional teens go do stuff get killed off this isn't it um at all uh and to be fair there are teens that do stuff and do get killed off (laughs) but not by the person they want them to it's just different um and it go yeah and there's a lot of a lot of things i just i don't think this movie is this is that case of not giving people what they wanted, but giving them something else that maybe they'll appreciate down the road, hopefully. Um, and just, it's a, it's a fascinating movie. I watched it. I like Aaron and I talked, uh, I watched it twice in a row. I went to the theater and then watched it on Peacock cause my son wanted to watch it right away. And the second time I was surprised it flew by a lot faster than when I watched it in the theater. Hmm. Um, but this is such an interesting direction i had a projection issue in the middle of the movie that i honestly thought was the movie actually so there's a part of the movie where um cory is being dragged into a sewer okay uh-huh what happened in my theater was that was playing the audio for that was playing but then interlaid over it was 15 minutes later into the movie playing at the same time on the screen okay. and with the audio going and the dialogue that was playing and stuff and going it felt like it went with the movie it was it was like five to ten minutes in when people in the theater started going wait i don't think this is supposed to be like this mm-hmm. and then um but for a moment the type of movie this was going the way green was directing it felt it was going art how artsy fartsy doing this thing and uh, then they, yeah, once they got a hold of, we had another, they turned it off and then they started backing it up. And then they backed up 10 minutes before that happened. And uh, they were, everybody was just like, just stop. And then they played it from there and I got a bathroom break in the middle of it. It was kind of <laughs> great. So, but it, it kind of had that kind of feel that 
He was really taking chances. This is his best directed one. The camera works even better here than it's ever been. It's light on the um, fan wankery, though it's there. Um, and I, I just, yeah, it was really fat. We'll get into more detail, but I, this is like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Someone takes a big swing. It's going to have a cult of appreciation to start. Um, and this is the kind of stuff I like because I have so many status quo Halloween movies when they take a, a direction like this, it interests me more. So these have gotten better for me as they've gone. And I have a bigger appreciation for this as a, as a trilogy of Gordon Green movies after it's all done than I did as it was going through, I guess if that makes sense. Would you say this is your favorite of the three? Yes. Okay. Um, I will say after we go through our general thoughts here that we're going to get into spoilers, I think pretty quickly. So we're not going to like wait too long to delve into things that happen in this movie. But Peter, I want to hear from you. Where have you been with this, this recent series of films? What'd you think of ends? So I feel like I was kind of like Brandon when I saw the 2018 version initially I liked it. I loved Carpenter's score. I was like, oh, that's a great score. It's like, that's a really great way of, of like punctuating, bringing kind of new life that the scene where everything starts to go nuts, like uh, with, with the teens and that new score comes in. I was, I just thought it was really good, but I, I didn't love the whole movie. I was like, yeah, I was like, it's good. I don't know. You know, Jimmy Lyricus is really good, but, and the mask looks great, which, you know, if you watch Halloween movies, that is not an easy feat. Um, but over the years, I really like uh, the 2018. It's it's in my top five. Like I I I really I've really come to really like that movie. Um, so I've been I have only seen kills once and now ends once, and I hope that I appreciate them more um, with with rewatches. I and actually I actually put kills on a couple days ago and I watched the first 45 minutes and I was definitely liking it more. I was definitely like, no, this is working for me a lot better. Um, I think what's interesting to me is um, just going to, I mean, this is not, a, so I'll say this, which is not spoiler. And then I guess we can eventually go into spoiler is that in a recent interview, John Carpenter was asked about elevated horror. And he, I think he was just kind of like, I don't, I think he probably just didn't want to talk about that. And was like, I don't know, what is that? Or whatever. And it's funny to me because I was like, well, technically the green movies is basically a studio version of like elevated horror. From, that's from a, that's assuming you believe in the term to begin with. Sure. From Do you what not I'm, consider A24 a studio, Peter? A big studio? Well, actually they are. <laughs> you're right. A24 has gotten pretty big. You're right. Like, um, but I, I guess know. to me, I guess to me as a person who, really liked a lot of movies in the 2010s a lot a lot of horror movies especially from like horror sci-fi uh from a24 especially to me elevated horror i don't like the term for obvious reasons as a person who loves horror films but i think what they're going for is it's the notion of when someone watched the original texas chainsaw massacre Critics could later say, oh, you can see the, the influence of being in the Vietnam era and you can say, like, what is this saying about the nuclear family? But like the movie itself and Toby Hooper and again, Brandon knows this stuff way more than me, but I think Toby Hooper and his crew always said that they didn't necessarily think of those things when they were making the movie. So now you flash forward to the 2010s and you get films like Under the Skin, which is like one of my favorite movies of all time. 
where it's like the subtext of what the movie normally is about i guess like invasion of the body snatchers right oh it's mccarthyism or whatever like it is like front and center and i guess that's not necessarily bad because there's a lot of movies that i really like that are that are like that um but i guess i'm i'm not quite sure if green who is a person who comes from like indie cinema and stuff i'm not sure if the way he tackles these bigger themes and he just puts them, he makes them the text. I'm not sure if it, if that stuff works for me the way it does with Under the Skin or I can't, sorry, I can't think of another example. The Witch maybe, like, I, I can't, I don't know. Um, so for this movie, I, you know, Brandon, I'm really glad that you brought up uh, Zombies Halloween 2. That's like my second favorite Halloween movie. And you might be right. This absolutely could be a movie that years to come gains followers and it becomes like like h2 the one that people are like oh that's like totally underrated but it's weird to me because like a lot of the stuff that i'm thinking and this is where we'll have to go into spoilers a lot of the stuff that i think that ends is gonna get credit for i don't want to say credit sort of getting credit for i feel like ironically was done better in zombies h2 so i don't really know then i'm like well i've already seen a better version of this you know, in 2008 or whenever that movie came out. So I don't, I don't know. Nice. I, I, I like, I like the notion of it being so ambitious. I do, but I feel like I'm going to be the wet blanket blanket of the three of us. And, and then last thing I will say, uh, I guess it's in the middle. I think 2018 is the best. I put this in the middle and then kills is the worst of the three for me. Um, So I've, I, I've enjoyed this series of films because I just like this franchise in general. There's there's only mm-hmm. one entry that I just don't care for, which is Halloween Resurrection. Um, but like, you know, even the ones that I find lesser than, I still find it to be quite watchable. 2018, I enjoyed. Um, I can agree with Brandon as far as it's not invent- reinventing the wheel. It's just a polished version of stuff that we've seen, but it's done well enough and it has a lot of things I really admire about it. Kills, I found to be it's a it is an interesting film i i like it more than most as far as what it's trying to accomplish i do think it just has issues with how it's executing those those ideas but it's still you know i as we've already mentioned if this the ends being halloween 13 i'm not gonna dig at halloween 12 for trying something like that doesn't make it's like what i i if you want more of the same there's 11 <laughs> or 10, I guess, if you're not counting Halloween three, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of Michael Myers doing the thing that he's done. So it's, you know, I, and even, even when I look at it at that standpoint, it's like kills, he's killing his way through a lot of that movie. I mean, it's like, I, it, like if you're, if your problem is, it's not just like silly teenagers occupying the minutes that Michael's not on screen. I don't know what to tell you. If you want to just see Michael kill a bunch of people, He's doing that more in this movie than most of the other my, my, my Halloween movies. But Aaron, kill, they, chan- they chanted "Evil dies tonight" a lot for like three minutes, <laughs> so it's bad. Wait, is it really? Wait, wait, is it really only three minutes? It's not yeah, a it's lot. Not, it's not. It's not because a lot in at my mind. Okay, really, I will admit. I'll admit that I've. I've. Uh, then I guess I've actually. The, yes, the, I've been the world has inflated this. I mean, because it, I. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh my god, they say that so much in the movie. Like it's one scene. Uh, maybe it's, you're right. It's, yeah. it's just that hospital scene where they just really hammer it home, which is again 
point of the movie. Uh, but the people with the red hats, that stuff happens. So sorry. <laughs> um, so we now we get to ends. Um, as I've thought about it more and more over the past couple days since I've seen it, I do think this is the best one of the three. Um, it, it doesn't matter my overall Halloween ranking, but I mean, I put it fairly high just because I do think it, it it's doing something that <laughs> that I enjoy as far as, hey, here's this thing that has been going on for a while, and now we have a new take of that thing. What if we brought some kind of like roundabout closure in a way that was exciting and different and just had meat on the bones that regardless of whether the subtext is too obvious or the, you know, the, the text, the text is just right there in front of you or we'll, we'll break it down more as we get into spoilers. But like what I, I like that David Gordon Green has seemingly like thought his way through it and Dan McBride and his other writers have thought their way through. Like what, what are we trying to say with all of this? And I do agree with Brandon as far as I like that it really does seem to be a reflection on what these other two films are doing, let alone the original. Um, and by that, I mean, it's turning it into like this idea of Haddonfield being a thing that's really affected by this and what the effect of that is, where you have the first film that's very much, you know, it's it's, it's returning Michael Myers to the fold. And then you have the second one being like, well, the town's now reacting to this guy that's come back and killed more people. Like, what's that going to be? And now you have this third one that's like, well, that failed. The people did not get rid of Michael Myers. So now what? And it reminded me a lot of Stephen King's It. Like, that's the movie that that mm-hmm. I got that I got out of this. Like, it's like, is Haddonfield Dairy now? Like, that's where I've come away, like, thinking about, like, the, the nature of evil and what they're trying to explore with what Michael Myers has done to this place and how it's been corrupted. And I know we're going to talk a lot about this, but we have this character, Corey. Um, who is this new character, and he gets a lot of focus in this film, in addition to Jamie Lee Curtis and and uh, Andy Matichik as, as her granddaughter, Allison. What I like about that choice is that as opposed to just being a movie that's about a sprawling town, which is possible, but seems like it'd be complicated, it's basically embodied by this one guy. And I thought that's a really exciting choice. I, I like what they try to do with this as far as how they bringing a new character into the fold and how that ties into Michael and how that ties into Lori, like all of that stuff was just like fascinating to me. And one of the best things I feel I could say about this, no, we can kind of keep going further in discussion. I like that. There's a good like chunk of this movie where I forgot I was watching a Halloween movie. That's impressive to me that David Gordon Green just like gave us characters that they wanted to focus on. And despite it still being like a horror movie, like there's not a lot of, stuff that's there that's going to represent the fact that it's a Michael Myers slasher movie. It's just like, we're just watching people deal with shit. That's cool. Like, regardless of how, like, amazingly it's done, I do think it has its fair of issues. The idea that David Gordon Green and his team took on this, this world of Halloween, made a trilogy out of it, and decided they wanted to dig in deeper with characters and exciting in new ways. That meant a lot more to me than just seeing like an excuse for a good filmmaker to find elaborate ways for Michael to kill people nonstop for three movies in a row. I agree with everything that you're saying on paper. Um, the but end. Like, Thanks, Peter. <laughs> but but I think that what it what you I feel like what you just said kind of crisp what brought home to me what how the film doesn't work for me in a lot of ways is you because you're saying you know I kind of forgot this was a Halloween movie and that like we're dealing with Haddonfield more than just like this 
you know, this unstoppable killer. And like, we're going to focus on this new character, Corey. I, I, I like all of that in theory, but it's, this is going to sound maybe kind of strange, but, and actually I do not know how you guys feel about the movie I'm about to mention, but I remember years ago when I had heard about kick-ass, uh, I had not read the comic and I had heard that it was going to be sort of a reaction to like, you know, this kind of superhero stuff or whatever, and that it was going to be about an ordinary person. What if an ordinary person wanted to try to be a superhero? I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. I was like, what would that be like? Well, it turns out it's exactly like any other like comic book movie because the way it's edited, the way the sound design is, it never feels real. And to me, that betrays the spirit of what I thought the movie's intent was. And I would say in the same line i would disagree well, we as far to... as that movie is very hard r and has the hero brutalized pretty frequently mm -hmm. throughout that movie See, but it's still you if you say that the movie's supposed to be about reality you really got to shoot that thing like a documentary you can't over well, there is there is super from james gunn i agree i think Super's way better super is a way closer version to what i think kick-ass was marketed as again this doesn't mean that it's a like, market it, i mean it was marketed right. it was marketed as this little girl's gonna kick a lot of ass in stylish action sequences like i, I mean you the way you're and describing, i do like and i like the we to talk, we're, we're reviewing kick-ass now and we don't need to do right, that. but, my, but, my I, point but is, I understand what right. you're saying but it does seem like it's so, based off of your own perception that you've drawn yourself for sure sure but i guess my point is is that when we talk about the Corey character i i like the first act i think the opening is terrific i mean you know, instead of it being his origin, instead of it being like a, ch a child who kills his sister, who seems to have no emotion, it's this very emotional 20-something who freaks out, kicks a door down, and kills the child that he's... Like, that's a great opening, because I was like, holy shit, where are we going now? Like, that that's terrific. I think that's terrific. And I also I had, like, I had a feeling the kid was going to get it. Cause he was walking around and I'm like, there's going to be something accidental. I did, but I didn't predict it, but the way it happens. Yeah. Um, but I like that. And I really liked, I really liked how put upon Corey is as a character. Although I really hated the one dimensional bullies, but we can get to that later. I, I'll, I'll just know real really quick liked, that this, the, okay. cause we're talking about Corey a lot. Corey's played by Rowan Campbell. I don't oh. know this kid from dirt. I thought no, he's good. I thought he was terrific. He's great. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's I. I don't think none of my problems have to do with his performance. I'm not saying it is. I just want to but, point out yeah. that we, as we keep talking about him, I just want to note that that's his name. But and he's very good. I guess I feel like there's a moment in the first act where it's like he basically meets Allison, and I loved how Allison is pursuing him. You need to come with me. Let's go to this party. And I was like, I really like this. I like these two people who have experienced trauma and they're trying to like, just figure their shit out. You just and said the magic like, word. What? You said trauma. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and that's all good. And then it reaches this breaking point where I need to believe that this character that I'm rooting for is now basically the antagonist. And I was like, and again, this isn't, I don't think it's the actor. Cause I do agree with you. I think he's, I think he's playing the notes as directed, but I think that Green, and I noticed this in Kills, there's an early scene in Kills where we see a young Lonnie and he's getting picked on for the candy by these one-dimensional jerk kids. There, There's a thing that Green's doing. Why do you call one-dimensional jerk kids when it comes they're to- They're pretty like, terrible. But, but Well, hold on. What are you, what are you talking about? That You're talking about a flashback scene in Kills where you see kids for less than like a it's minute. It's so over- 
It is so over the You're top. You're over the though, top. Man. It's just like kids teasing again on Halloween for I candy. That's so the, in Halloween kills like, when they but, do but that. But what's the other version of that, Peter? Do you want them to have a, a ten minute backstory for each of these one kids so they so so they can it, justify knocking Lonnie down and taking his candy? It away feels like kid like either older siblings that are shitty to their younger one or like the neighbor kids that like just don't get along. I don't like know, I got man. that's it, all I needed to get from that. I, it's just so. It's just plain that key that extreme version of like you know jerk bullies you're saying extreme version they didn't do anything to him besides knock him down and take his candy they didn't murder his cat like i mean what do you no 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 no. they didn't murder his cat i mean in the first halloween they're they're they just say you're gonna get you gonna get you they're jerks to him and that's it like we didn't learn anything more than that i think no i think the kids i no i think i think the kids in the first halloween seem more like the way kids bully in a reality i'm like oh, okay i get it like i mean i feel bad for him obviously no it feels like that was and more I extreme get, they knocked over his I, pumpkin I, well, no, but, well here's my thing is you get I more think, candy you can't get a new pumpkin like that yeah i think it's throughout the thing is that like and i i know we've talked about this off podcast i think that green is very intentionally saying look in the first halloween Haddonfield has not experienced michael myers in forever and look all these teens are pretty okay yeah, he he the Allison's boyfriend kissed somebody else, but he's not like a rapist or anything. He's not that he's not a monster. He made a mistake. And I liked that. I was like, oh, I really like this. I really it's almost like book smart. I like this notion of do we need to keep doing, do we need to keep pushing this? To be fair, Peter, none of those kids were in the marching band. Right. Which I guess I but think that's I that's like supposed the, to be the like showing the joke like, that it's I like it. I like the joke that it's a marching band as opposed to like a football team. Uh-huh. But that guy is so like again, 50s or 60s alpha male that I'm just like, what? I think Green is saying that the town in 2018 has not really been affected by Michael. By the time you get to this four years later, look how absolutely the presence I agree of Michael with you. has I mean, like that's... corrupted. Right. I, I get that, but I also find it very shrill and not very engaging it's kind of like all right it's not much of a conversation it's like wow so, these people are terrible you the know? marching band kids though take a look at their structure the kid the kid who's the clear worst of them right look he's got the car and look how he's dressed he's got the letter jacket he might not be full marching band, but like he clearly is super prep hanging with three kids that he obviously could be lesser than him but it gives him the spot where he can be superior because he's not in other places. And therefore he feels more confident around and feels he can talk to Corey like that. And, and you, you can, see you his can, father you can, too. You can, and you can glean scene. a lot from it. The fact that he has a New York accent that he has, a, that he has a father who probably, probably just gave him this car. He's a spoiled brat. That's for probably just moved into right. Haddonfield yeah. because Haddonfield's the place to be. Apparently. Well, why not? Uh, they get, Look, they get, they get slapped around by his dad. I mean, like there's a scene where Corey, there's a scene where Corey basically calls him on that and is like, look, I've seen the way your father treats you. Mm-hmm. I want to like, I would have loved. Were they supposed to hug? Like <laughs> not hug, but I would have loved for that conversation to go on longer. I would have loved for that bully to sort of be broken down. It's not going to be breaking down when he's in front of his three friends. He has to try to impress every second. 
Well, you don't. Okay, but you don't have to stage it that way. You could have staged the scene where. Yeah, but this isn't himself. a coming of age high school comedy. I mean, it's it's a movie. Where no, no, I'm not asking for this comedy. Is Halloween, asking... the rise of Corey. Like, this, right? I'm don't... asking. I'm not asking for comedy. I'm asking for like the guy who did all the real girls. I'm asking for like to be like, wow, these seem like real people. And I was like, they don't. These feel like he keeps. Again, it feels I like you're isolating some very key. minor stuff here for the sake of we need to have victims later on in this movie and versus the rest of the movie that is very character focused and does yeah. feel like the guy that made all the real girls really think in Snow co- Angels. Don't you think, I mean, you really think it's, I really feel like. Hey, Peter, what you're going to ask me is, do I really okay. think like this is some kind of masterpiece of work because the director. No, 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 but the idea that like, because what I'm trying, what I'm going to say is, it's still Halloween 13. Like, I'm not saying, like, because I like this movie the most, it's some, like, revelation that's on par with this director's amazing work from his indie filmmaker days. I'm saying this is a movie that does not need to be as interesting or elaborate as it needs as it is. And it's choosing to do those things that I found to be, that I did find to be interesting and more compelling than just watching another version of Michael slashing people. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel like a half measure though? Like I don't no. think it's a half measure because go, I find it effective. You're gonna go that far. I, I, it's enough I, for a Halloween movie I, that that needs to be. That's not, and that's not me lowering a bar. That's not me giving it credit just because it tried. I do think it's effective what it's trying, but I'm also not. It seems like you're narrowing down so far on a pretty minimal element of this movie in the grand scheme of things versus everything else that Corey does with Lori, with Allison, with Michael, like all of that stuff factors in more to me than these bullies suck. And gee whiz, I hope I don't have to see more of them later. If they had been a car full of jocks, would it have changed your opinion? Wait, what? If it was a car full of jocks, would it have been your your opinion? Two two blonde buff dudes in letter jackets and a jersey and then two cheerleader girls. Like I I wouldn't have have liked that. Band kids can be dicks too. And absolutely no, absolutely. I like because that's a quirky thing, like in the first in the 2018 one, when it's like the kid that's like, I just want to dance, dad. Like that random scene that like it it doesn't need to be in there, but it's just funny. And it's all and that that it's funny, and it's also it's its own thing because they just decided to write it that way. And I feel like I I like that just having the notion of them being marching band kids, that's not like we're not we know you should know you're not gonna get too much definition on these characters, and it's kind (laughs) of funny. It, that but, it's marching band kids, it's, and that's that's like it's, it's just, yeah, just by sure. adding those just, note, adding those notes. That alone just does more than just being pun, pun intended. <laughs> how about okay? How about this? I I guess I feel like this is a weird point to focus on where there's no, no, so no, much I meat like, to this movie. Well, to me, because it, it the inf- jock kids didn't talk right. No, no, it's is not a just, weird. It's not just the jock kids. To me, I like I keep band saying kids. more. No, like I keep saying, it's not just the jock kids are like a an example of it, but it's not just the jock kids. It's the it's the DJ. It's it's the Corey character. It's any character that feels to me meaner or uglier than they would be in reality, and that takes me out of it because I'm like, well, why are these people acting this? Well, way? are we like, speaking to the edge, or at least I we're mean, talking about you, it? Were you fictional what? movie of transferring well, be, evil? Well, I know. Be, 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 beyond beyond the beyond it being a movie. I mean, that is speaking to my whole point as far as this town being corrupted by evil. Like, right. I get that. Which I, just, I don't, which I wouldn't normally need an explanation for why do people act more arch or why is there a different stylization going on versus, you know, some grounded, gritty documentary. But I, I do think the movie's actively making a choice to say, hey, Haddonfield is like Michael Myers has ruined this town. Yeah. And people, people act. All the worse, weirder, quirkier, yes, whatever, absolutely. because of him. Yes. Like I, it actually justifies 
being a movie version of people. And with Michael not around, Corey's their symbol, and they know Corey isn't going to do anything because he's trying to maintain this accident thing, and they can push him all they want because they know he's not going to do anything because he's got to keep up that I didn't kill that kid, and they know they can just, and he's now the symbol of, hey, we don't. Well, Michael disappeared, we don't, so th- this thing happens a year later, you get to be our excuse for it, and it's kind of a, yeah, but the, I mean, the first I mean, the first one of these, Haddonfield's living fine except for Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode is the person, and then she does in that in her movie is everything she does is to protect or save herself and her family. And then by the time we get through, but she doesn't think about the town at large. The town at large goes to hell by the time the second one rolls around. And in the third one, Laurie's living about as fine as she can in the town suffering, and now she has to protect and save the town. I like all uh, of everything movie. what you're saying. Those are the things, those are the aspects I like. I also, I also, like, with, I, with Corey, there's a great thing. Like, I think people are missing the fucking boat on Corey. Uh, have you, did you notice both Halloween kills and both Halloween ends have opening scenes with accidental deaths? That's the focus of these. And Hawkins, it's him in the first one. His is covered up. Corey's is out in the open and public. And we saw Hawkins dealing with his problems in the second one from the hospital bed and what had gone on. And they're a little bit in 2018. It's hinted to. And then Corey's is out in the open where everybody can just blah, blah, blah. So which is better? And Lori instantly sees the Hawkins and Corey, which makes her give a little bit of sympathy to uh, with him because there's a similarity to Officer Hawkins. But there's a different path for Corey than Hawkins. Um, we just, I think but, she also just she's an outsider. I mean, she's the, an outsider, yeah. And, and she, put, she sees that. I don't even. I mean, does she know that Hawkins killed a guy? Yeah, he talks to her in the hospital. Oh, yeah, the hospital. Okay. Yeah. Even, I mean, even regardless guess, of that, I do think just the. But fact it's that. it's really interesting to me that he goes for the like the two sequels of his have. It's not it's not a murder in any of the opening sequences like a scream movie or another horror movie. It, it's accidental killings like nobody but. The guy, Jim Cummings, dies in Halloween Kills in the opening scene, and then this little kid bites it in this one. And is, I was just like, that's really... No, I like that. I No, I agree. I I definitely like that. I guess I just like... Does he think Michael accidentally stabbed his sister in the first one? Like, is that what... No, just kidding. <laughs> I But, like, to go back to the zombie, the H2 comparison, I guess I feel like one of the things I really love about halloween 2 the the rob zombie version is that zombie takes actually i don't know if rob zombie's a writer did he write it yeah oh no he does it's it's a rob zombie film but i mean talk about taking like not only a person who's a victim but basically like the hero of the series he basically takes laurie strode and he spends the next 90 minutes or however long that movie is making you see that laurie strode's big problem is that she can't get out of her way and by not being able to get out of her way she's kind of an asshole and everybody around her cannot control her and so that you finally get to that end where no laurie doesn't become like Corey. she doesn't become like like the boogeyman or whatever but like her path, I guess, her the way it works in the zombie movie, it totally worked for me. I was just like, oh, I totally see this. Like, this totally works, and it's very much subverting what we think about when we think of Laurie Strode or even f- the final girl as a character. With the Corey thing, 
it has to be this scene where like he finds him in the sewer and then they do this pseudo like is it a possession thing that's going on or is it just they're just giving us a visual cue of like here's all the moments that led to this i just feel that it's like i feel the writing of it it just feels very like artificial and i'm just like all right now he's in monster mode and i just I wish that they had done. I would say. I wish that I wish that the journey felt more organic to me, or something. I would say this: I wouldn't compare Halloween two to this movie to begin with because I think they're very separate. I think Halloween's... I only compare them as going off and doing something their own thing. In, in terms yeah. of in terms of just being branches that vary, sure. But in terms of like the what the movies are doing, I mean, Halloween two is a movie about grief and PTSD. Halloween that's, 2, that's, that's, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is closer to 2018. I was going to say, exactly what I was going to say. Anything, it's the, it's the 2018 because... movie that you can Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I think this movie's just its own thing. In, in ter- in whatever. In, in terms of the Corey thing with like Michael Myers, I'm, like, I've been thinking about that a lot as far as what we're supposed to get out of like, this whole idea of transferring power, what have you. And I, I just think of like the circumstances like, looking, look, looking at what's going on in that scene. Not just even what led to it, but just like what's going on in that scene. You've got a guy who, you know, has a tragedy in his past, probably hates himself, hates the way he's being treated, has an everyday deal of bullshit. And now he's stuck in some random sewer being gripped by fucking death itself, looking straight into its eye. I don't like I don't know what I'd react. I don't know how I'd be if I had to deal with something like that. Uh, But like the idea that it's like, yeah, I, I I don't think a movie's taking many shortcuts to be like, now he's infected by something. I don't know what that is. These movies aren't. Well, he out kills there, a man right after leaving. I mean, yeah. Too. Right. Well, yeah. I, but like, you know, we. It's not. It's not like these movies have been dealing. The, the specific set of movies has been dealing with like what the what the essence of Michael Myers is. What what makes him do the things he does. I, I like that. There's just this kind of like unspoken thing that's taken place that I could just easily kind of walk work my way through, as opposed to having some more elaborate discussion about it or having. And it, like you're saying, it's not organic. I guess I just disagree. I do think like if if we're going to make a Michael Myers movie, I think it's do I I, I think it's taking interesting steps to get us to that point that I appreciated. Well, and then there uh, like you can actually see the like Halloween Kills truly affected Michael. Like his damage done was psychological, even though he physically went through that town, and now he's been battered up, hiding and stuff because what his strength comes with killing. Um, Here's my theory on that. He had to only eat scraps. Because it's set four years later, right? Mm -hmm. Michael just got a really bad case of COVID. Oh, that's true. (laughs) That's his... But it's kind of weird. And I know people, like, the the whole thing, oh, it'll take forever for Michael to show up. It's good to see he's in his own movie. It's called Halloween. It's not called Michael Myers, for one. This one's very much giving Jamie Lee Curtis her send-off, because Michael will be fucking back, folks. Like, yeah, yeah, and a lot Jamie, of things... Jamie Lee Curtis, who's in this movie, the most of these three movies, right? <laughs> also, also too, like while these movies ignore every sequel that came before, those still exist, and we've had movies of those. It's not like we don't remember that stuff happening in our head. This is the thirteenth time they've made one of these movies, regardless of what timeline or whatever, and he does show up, and. I, the thing I found really cool that the avenue it takes here with Corey when Michael and him get together is it takes a very Henry portrait of a serial killer route and it's 
disturbing. Like with the Dr. Mathis scene of them together and Corey just watching and enjoying it is chilling. And he's got a scary little mask himself, which I'm sure is going to be a Halloween costume from 2023 onwards. Um, Kids love the scare. Congrats to Party City and all the people that will be selling that mask. Uh, but like it's very uh Michael Rooker, Tom Towels from from Henry Porter's serial killer. Well, those two like if if you're familiar with that movie, Michael Rooker plays a serial killer that's low key in like I believe the Chicago area, and Tom Towels kind of discovers it and they go out doing stuff together, enjoying it until you know someone else finds out. But like it's disturbing, and then very much Corey's the Tom Towles who's like, you know what? I kind of want to do this just on my own th- type thing. And then that's not cool. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think Michael and Corey ever rode on that motorcycle together? Like my guy to get around. I, town. I, whoever created that picture. Thank you. Because that's great. I, like, I don't mind poking fun at stuff like that. Um, that's kind of funny. Is there, but, a, there's a picture. Yeah, someone, someone took I, Allison, I someone took a picture of the Allison right in the back and put it with Michael's mask. It just seems like Michael has to get around town a few times in this movie. And I was like, he had to ride the motorcycle with him, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, 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 that had to happen. Well, and I, I like that, you know, the big thing about this series was like, Michael was never just coming for Lori. They don't even meet up in the second one. And this one it's incidental again. It's not, he's not there because of her. He's there because of Corey and anyone you want my math back. Um, it's, it's destiny. It's destiny. But yeah, like the Corey stuff, it's, you know, he just gets in like he's messed up. I've never killed somebody accidentally or on purpose. Like, I don't know how my brain would be. And then you go out thinking you've met somebody and then only to run into like the worst person you could have run into that night followed by your walk home, the second worst group of people you could walk in that night, that might have been it to snap. And it'd been four years. Peter, like, so you're not into, you're not, you weren't into like the idea of this, of Corey happening upon Michael this way. But like, say you're, you're past this point. Like, where are you with the rest of the movie at that point then? Like, are you finding it effective still seeing him doing the I things he's doing? Yeah, I think it's okay. I think that like, I also think that, while I didn't love kills, I thought kills had some good uh, kills. Um, I thought, thought this movie, the only scene that is a kind of a big kill is the DJ one. Like the rest of he, them, he like the, the fucking big, blowtorch like, to the Billy's mouth is pretty impressive. Right, but we can't, but we can't <laughs> right? But we can't see it, which I thought was yeah, so. Yeah, we weird. see him. We see him blowtorching against his mouth. No, we don't. I mean, it's not well, a first sorry, person wait, 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 perspective, hold on, hold on. but we see it happening. We, we see the of, person watching as yeah. Right, but it's not as it's nowhere near as like I mean that's the worst character in the movie, and I'm like I can't wait to see that character get killed. Like the DJ guy, I mean he's a jerk, but I mean like but his his death is like you cannot miss like the tongue and the record. The the other kid, well no way. I feel like it's done in this way where I'm like I wanted to see that kid's face. I wanted to like revel in this terrible person. Thing the thing that happened to that kid was he shot Corey's father in the head and now he's Corey. And that's the worst thing that could have happened to that kid. And then he gets a blowtorch in the mouth, which still has a cool angle, but. You know, I I guess I, you know, one thing that when you guys are talking about this, that I would like to get your opinion on this. And look, I mean, when you've got a series like Halloween, is it really that much different than like how, you know, every, although we haven't gotten a new one yet, but it feels like every generation we get a new uh invasion of the body snatchers and 
while the concept, while the plot is the same, what it's about can change. You know, McCarthyism, the 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 new age cults of the seventies or whatever. Sure. Like, and I will say that I guess I'm not sure. Ultimately, I I I think it works in 2018 to a degree, but I guess I'm not sure if the politics of the time in these green movies match up to me with Michael Myers as, as this entity, because remember in the seventies one, there is no, I mean, he, the whole thing that makes him so fascinating is that, you know, it's, what is it? No remorse. No, there's nothing behind that. eye. (laughs) It's just this abstract thing that like kills. And I guess I feel like I kind of, I like that. Like, I feel like that works really well, you know, and I, and I'm not sure I'm not against doing something different, but I guess to me, what I'm saying is when we're talking about how the town's affected and the ugliness, and I think, I I feel like people have said this already. So it's not like just us, but I think we can kind of see this movie as kind of an allegory for like a post Trump like era. But the thing is, I don't know if Michael Myers the person or killer has anything to do with Trump and his politics. So I'm, if I'm Michael Myers, I'm like, Hey man, please don't put that on me. Like, I just kill people. Peter. Like, I, like, I, and I think that's, what's weird for me. It's that not the, Peter. Peter I'll, I'll say it. It's not the same as far when you're like make, comparing to something like invasion of the body snatchers. The difference here is Michael Myers has never been about coming along every generation to say something about society. The key that you're trying to make here with 20, with Hall with Halloween kills specifically, cause that's the one that's most overtly political is the fact that it, it was designed before anything happened in regards to like the insurrection or whatnot. Like it's all like all these things happen to be a thing after the movie was already shot and written and made. I mean, it, there are obviously parallels as far as the way a mob, an angry mob is reacting and the way they're shouting stuff. Like that's, it's not hard to like make that connection between that and, you know, Trump era politics, but I don't think Gordon Green's building this entire. He was I, he didn't go. He and Danny David Danny McBride didn't go in with 2018's Halloween and be like, "We have an idea for Halloween, and it's definitely going to be connected to the political landscape of the time." They, they they made movies that evolved one after the other. 2018 was just let's make a new Halloween movie. Twenty uh, Halloween Kills, that's a movie that's made reacted to their 2018 movie that yes happens to have like. Because the mob mentality thing was in there, which is not a new thing. It's not like it's new to Trump. And okay, okay. I don't think it's concerned with that at all. I think it's, again, concerned with what did Halloween Kills do? And so what do we evolve to now with that? Like, is there an aspect of that that can connect to the times? Naturally, there would be because they're from the times. It's always going to like be a layer of that. But I don't think it's specifically trying to nail something about what society is going through in this current day and time. I think it's trying oh, to be no. a movie that's... Well, I, I mean... I... The way they've yeah. set this up, this new trilogy, the original Halloween, Michael came to town and he, he attacked these two babysitters, became just hearsay, legend, whatever, that's it. This time when he came back, it affected the whole place. And now they all have to live with this whole thing. So it's a lot different. The first, the first Halloween movie is a simple movie in exercise of suspense. Like... It's filmmaking. It's you know a tribute to some classic horror stuff. It's it's doing a it's inventing kind of a new thing, but it's a simple exercise of movie making. These want to say some extra. Every time you make another one, you're trying to say something extra. 
you're adding on to it. But we got to remember the first one is simple. You can put political things into it of the times, but that's just kind of a natural who we are in the moment type thing. So, and I don't think I people intend to make it. But Halloween, it was guy stalks. It came out. Erwin Yablons, can you make a movie where a guy stalks babysitters for us? Hey, did you know no one's used the title Halloween ever? No, let's call it that and put it on Halloween. That's that's what we got here. There's a lot of Hitchcock practices in there. That's what we have. But um, I guess that there's a pureness with how Michael Myers operates in his kind of is this weird existential threat that's very palpable. And I mm-hmm. and that that's why that movie's last. That's why we that's why that's a classic. I mean, you, now we're, just, we're debating the difference now between a masterpiece versus the 13th version of it. I mean, the, right. Right. <laughs> well, well sure. and, and the thing but is, when they like came that. back with 2018, they're all like, well, we're cutting out all the sister relationship because you know what? That shouldn't have happened. Da, 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 da. It's like, oh, so it doesn't matter. But Jamie Lee Curtis is back, so it kind of matters. Yeah. Not, you know, like. <laughs> So, but she's not his sister, but he's going to go, they're going to face off again. And right. It's yeah, that's, that's a thing there, but you know, it's been, well, I mean, otherwise of... you get Halloween resurrection, right? You just have yeah. random teens getting killed by Michael Myers. I mean, right. <laughs> Which is where we should go from here after, after this, um, because with the reaction to this movie that I've seen and people being like, well, you know, Halloween three has become popular over these years. Go that route again. I'm like, I don't think they're ready. Cause Siri, I've seen complaints on where's Michael, where's Michael, where's Michael. He took forever to show up in this movie. You think they're going to go see another one where he's not there. I wouldn't roll the dice on it. That just to see the reaction of this movie, where um, you got to be a patient, you got to wait till that capper. Um, I don't know, and you let's, get kills and stuff. I I don't know. I, let's, let's so talking more about ends because uh, we've talked we've talked we've talked about Corey to some degree. We've talked we talk about, about Annie Matt about Michael. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Strode family that's in this movie. I want to say she's great in this movie. That we've been told about this girl since she got cast in the first one. And they, they haven't really written her anything interesting. She's wonderful here. This is I'm like, oh yeah, she is as stellar as they they say. Like she's really great. She they give her a movie to do stuff. Like the first movie, she's just it's Lori's granddaughter, and it's not her movie. And we've got her mom who it's Judy Greer. So we really we don't want to do a movie with Judy Greer and not focus on Judy Greer. And uh so like and there was nothing to Alice in there other than we care because it's Lori's granddaughter the next one she's a miss with all the the you know my anthony michael hall's crowd so she's just in there this one they really give her something to do she's wonderful and i like with the character she's become her mother so judy greer's not here because she got killed in the last one but her relationship with laurie is evolving into her mother because she's now been raised in her last few years by laurie strode and so she's kind of becoming her mother uh, with how she faces off against Lori, which a lot of people are like, wouldn't she believe her after the last stuff? I'm like, well, look who her mother was. And then Lori didn't really have a say in um, Karen's, you know, people she dated. So now she's like, well, I can help have a say here with the, who Allison hooks up with. Cause we got the idea from Lori, from Karen that she didn't get along with Lori and didn't get along with her husband too much. But here it seems like, Lori's taking an extra chance to fix things she didn't have with Karen here with Andy Matichek and Andy Matichek's great. Her and the Corey dude have chemistry. That's really great. I buy, I buy it. Even though people are like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm like, 
I buy it. Peter, it, do you agree? Did you like what Allison was offering in this movie? I liked Al. I liked the actress. Um, like I said, I loved her wanting to f- have this bond with um Corey. But once Corey becomes like a psycho, I feel like it really hurts the Allison character because clearly, as viewers, we're seeing we're seeing it the way like Lori is or whatever. And I'm like, why isn't Allison breaking up with him? Why isn't she like? And then well, when like, well, what does she see? What does Allison see that's different? What, what does she see that would alert her? His personality seems so extreme. He seems so like he keeps dogmatic. having extra cuts and scratches every time. Yeah, he's constantly he's constantly, ground, he's like, constantly like, more beat up than the last time. <laughs> but yeah, Wait, what? That's he's about it. He's constantly more beat up every time that he sees her. Well, he's more beat up. No, no. But honestly, it's his it's his zealot behavior. He is so again. He is so like, nope. This is it. This is this is what we need to do, and I'm like, okay, man, like that, like I guess you can make the argument that it's like, well, maybe she needs something like that. Does life. she think something she's bringing like... that out of him, though? Does she think it's the romance maybe. that she's seeing him, and, and it's actually his romance? Exactly with Michael, having, she's not exactly having an easy go of it either. Her job. Her parents sucks. were murdered parents four are, years ago. Beyond, beyond yeah, beyond the context of who she is, there's also her job's terrible. The doctor treats her she like lives shit. with her she, grandma, she and she, get yeah, her, she doesn't get her promotion. I did like when she shot him. She's like, you didn't think I'd kill myself, did you? I was like, oh, that's a pretty fun movie. Like, that's mm-hmm. a good audience moment. We're like, yeah, Lori. Like, that's pretty fun. Like, I, I, I by, by default, I think we could all say that Jamie Lee Curtis is good in this movie. I don't think we need yeah, to hash. Yeah, I don't think yes. we need to hash that out too mm-hmm. much further. Oh, I love, um, I love her scene with Corey when she's not there. Really good scene. When he's a when she's a when he's imagining her. That's a good uh, scene. Like that, that that's a good scene. Uh, yeah. All the stuff with her and Will Patton is great. Yeah, I, mean, I like that too. I agree. But but granted, man, I really what you you said it great the first time around. It feels like Will Patton's always been with this series. Like, yeah, like he's a perfect great, fit. Yeah, uh, but like I feel bad. Like they said it's four years later, but for Will Patton, it looks like like twenty twenty five years later. Like he aged a lot between kills and this. Well, he lost a lot that night. The sheriff's hat Apparently, got destroyed. Yeah. Can I ask you, Brand, Brandon, Brandon? Brandon, the sheriff's oh, hat got destroyed. Oh, that's true. that crushed all of us. It was bad. Peter was like twenty five years or yeah, or older after that. Question, question for you guys. Um, it's a bold move in 2018, and it's something that they just dismiss for the rest of the series. Um, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I was curious. So, what do you guys think of like, you know, when we think of Halloween, we think of uh Michael, Lori, and of course, Dr. Loomis. And they make this very big thing, like they're like, Nope, the, this new Loomis is terrible just like you know the loomis in the zombie movies except he gets killed and now we're going to do two movies we don't have the genius psychologist who's going to tell us about michael like what did you guys think of that making that decision i will say with this one i was like man i i really i like dr loomis was halloween until h2o like that he was the guy who was back for every sequel and that was a lot of that was donald pleasant's when yep. Rob Zombie did it and he cast Malcolm McDowell, I was like, oh, shit, that's really good casting right there. Yep. Um, I and I like that he did his own thing um, yep. with Dr. Loomis. Dr. Sartain, I didn't even count as a Dr. Loomis. I didn't <laughs> like, I was like, who is this? Like, what? what is this like the whole time? And it's like the sloppiest portion of that 2018 movies attributed to him. Um, but yeah, so there is a Loomis factor that I think, you know, goes missing. There was supposed to be one in Halloween H2O, but like the scripts kept 
uh, updating, changing, shooting was changed. Like Charles S. Dutton was supposed to be kind of that character, and they slowly wrote it to where it was like a five line character in the opening of the movie. Um, but yeah, there's there's always kind of that factor that you like that I like of Doctor Loomis there. Um, but these movies that was not a focus at all. Um, I I don't miss it. Um, mainly because yes, we've had. Yeah, we have a lot seven, of it. Yeah. seven plus movies of Dr. Loomis character stuff going on. But also, I just don't see the necessity of that kind of presence in these movies based on the plots they're going through. I don't know what I don't I don't know the scene in Halloween Kills where Anthony Michael Hall's rallying a bunch of people together and like a psychiatrist comes in and is like, wait, you guys don't understand Michael. Like, what is this gonna add to this? I don't I don't I don't know what that does. Well, if me. you go by Halloween too, he'd just be Loomis would be with the crowd as excited and roaring as Yeah, so it's it just feels like an extraneous force. And then by ends, I mean again, it's all like what what else like what am I trying to learn about like the purpose of Loomis is to expand on Michael, right? What am I expanding on Michael with this character at this point? I don't I don't know what that adds by having this person here. Yeah. I yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Loomis's things done. There like that's the thing with ends that I I really feel like I haven't seen this Halloween before with the, these three. The the first one they gave us 2018, we saw these topics explored in Halloween H2O. We saw it explored again in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which was the film right before it. And they acted like, oh, we've never done trauma before. Um, right. <laughs> and then with Halloween Kills, there was it was an expansion of something we'd see, like Halloween 2, um, the original Halloween 2. They had a mob in front of the Myers house throwing shit, chanting, wanting Halloween something. Halloween 4 is very much Halloween 4 line. has hillbillies yeah, that take it upon their own to go yeah. to go and do stuff. And then it got explored here. Here, I there's some like Halloween five ish stuff that you could really stretch to say that that's kind of like, well, so, but so here's the thing. Like I've already, really. mentioned, I've already mentioned it, but also Christine feels like the bigger John Carpenter influence yep. than Halloween in this movie. Yeah. This is, I mean, his name is Christine. Cody Cunningham. I mean, like, oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's yep. a, and, I mean, there's a transfer of evil. Like this kid, that's like the nebbish one becomes the eat the, the worst one of them all. I mean, there's a, right. lot, a lot more Christine in this movie than Halloween. And I, I, among other things, there's a lot of like, it's not like you said, Brad, it's not like super focused on like, look at this Easter egg that we have right here. It's more of like little subtle things. Yeah. Like, like there's the, like, the don't fear the Reaper playing uh, as by strings act. in the yeah. grocery store, which I, I know I only noticed this. I didn't notice it the first time around because I was excited about Will Patton. Yeah. Uh, but so like, there, there's that. There's also, I like too the, the Danny McBride isms where you can tell his voice is really strong in the script characters is really toned down in this one compared to the others. We don't have like a bond me sandwich bit in this. We don't, you know, we don't have just some of the stuff that you, it's almost too strong voice to be in like a franchise picture sometimes, but it's not where we laugh at them. We enjoy them. It gives well, people it's a little, a, it's a less little more color. It's, but, it's a less broad movie, right? It's a, right. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's an intimate movie for the most yeah. part. It's a very much a three hander with an occasional appearance by Michael. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, like there's yeah the complete like I think Michael is effective ways here. It's a really interesting Michael. It's you know, um, he's not just a brute. Like Halloween kills Michael is, you he's know, a force. Like, <laughs> he is a he, wrecking just like ball. the Rob Zombie one. Like he is a just menacing force, brutal. Um, this one, you know, he's seen better days. Um, 
he's slowly he's gone from the boogeyman to just the man by the time we get here and i don't know if that's the intention or whatnot but that's where that's where we go here with this and i think it delivers a finale that is pretty gangbusters and what you wanted going into this movie so whole movie's not going to be a fight it's the end like that's so I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about like where this movie goes as far as Jamie Lee versus Michael and what have you. But first, I want to point out one thing I was missing. No Michael pranks in this movie. No. Michael's a big prankster. He's putting on sheets. He's arranging bodies in elaborate ways. None of that's here. He does slash a guy in the throat and then stabs him repeatedly in the chest. Like, ha you're going to bleed. Nope. I was I was going to say, like, the closest, the closest we got to that was when... The, when the when Willie the kid the DJ gets killed because his tongue's on the record and it's mm-hmm. skipping or but, but that's I mean, not Mike, Michael exactly Michael didn't do that for one thing and also that's not really a prank it's more just like well the tongue's got to go somewhere uh, but and a can- cameo from Darcy from Joe Bob Briggs uh, right there um, the blonde at the desk the receptionist receptionist yep but yeah no Michael pranks that that was I, 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 Abe and I are big fans of of, of prankster Michael uh, well like so. Todd Farmer Todd Farmer says. Michael's a dick. Like that's what he he has over Jason and all the other. Like he's a dick. He plays jokes on people. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a stuff. big. He's a big. Fan. He's a fan of the pranks. He's a dick. Yeah, you, know, you, you get locked up inside for years at a time. You got to find ways to humor yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, so let's get to the finale uh, because we have the as the as one of the key posters hints. We have the the back to back duel <laughs> between <laughs> between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Um, did you like this fight, Peter? Were you fan of the, this this throwdown between the two? I thought it was okay. I don't think it was bad or good. I I mean, again, I like the gunshot, which is not really Michael. Um, that's Corey. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fine. Like I I didn't. I don't know. It was. It's like by that time when you make this decision to have Michael not be in the movie that much it's sort of a weird thing where it's like, well, I guess he just shows up. Like, again, like, yes, I guess he's looking for Corey, like you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, I like when the daughter gets there and then it's like, he's dead, not dead enough. And then you go to the the rest of the thing. You know what? I'll say this. I don't know about the fight, but I appreciate that for this trilogy, it is a, I mean, it's a final ending. There's, it, a there's no like, aha, he's he's really back. It's like, no, it's it's over. Like, I, and, I, I didn't see what those pieces were doing after they go to the grinder. He <laughs> <laughs> could T-1000 himself back together again. What if it accidentally yeah. got in the water and creates more Michaels throughout the town? Michael, yeah, Michael's bacteria it. now. There's yeah, a haze that came up. That. They all breathed it. Um, well, I, here's one thing. I was a little curious, since the movie seems to be doing these different things, I was like, I mean, her memoir seems to be pretty much finished. What if it ended with both of them dying? Like, he could have just strangled her, but it's like... I like, your, I like your thought. I was like, well, she finished the book, so the movie doesn't need her anymore. We can kill her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, technically, I'm like... The book won't be unfinished, so it's okay. Like, there, but I, I mean, I, it's like, she could die, and it wouldn't be like that lame... Wait, is it resurrection? Is that that terrible yes. death? as bad like i mean so i'm like yeah maybe like i don't know as like as long as they finish the i mean how would we go on if the book wasn't finished after this <laughs> I don't know. um yeah so i i i thought the i thought the fight was okay but i appreciated that the movie does end it is the story is over which i liked 
I, I actually appreciated that the fight wasn't prolonged. I don't need a you mm-hmm. know thirty minute fight scene between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. And it was thing. a regular house. Yeah, it was a re- it was a regular house, and they're you know they're senior citizens. I mean, like, they're not exactly spry here. <laughs> right. I, I don't I don't need them doing the raid moves on each other to like make sure this kitchen gets fucked up the way it is. Um, I I like the I you know. We talked about like the nods and stuff. I like that she grabbed a knitting needle. That was fun. I like the Michael yeah. turned it. I like the Michael yeah. turned it around on her. He's like, here's what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that this movie got closer to Michael actually using a garbage disposal as a weapon as opposed to H2O, which just sets up one but doesn't actually yeah. use it, which is always very frustrating to me. Um so like yeah, and you know, there's some good like people being thrown across tables action going on in this movie that I liked, um, uh, for the most part. And then yeah, you do get to this end where you have this very over the top procession <laughs> to get Michael to the the junkyard. More Christine references. Um, I yeah i I like that well enough. I like that we got to see the the kid. Um, what the the little the, the kid that was whose babysitter Julian died. Julian. Thank you because Julian was awesome. It's like oh yeah. he didn't get to say anything, but I like that they brought him back. Uh, weird that Kyle Richards as Lindsay is not in that scene um yeah it's like she's in most of the movie and uh, like in the background or whatnot and they seem to make working they seem to make (laughs) she was working the bar that night she couldn't come to the procession of michael myers death but it's weird that like they because they had her in kills and i guess they just liked her enough where it's like yeah let's bring her back for the ends and she's in it for a few scenes and then well they brought back the woman uh they got the light bulb in the neck too that was a cool surprise and apparently she's in the 2018 one I saw a credit that she was, I was like, I'm sure. What? Like, I mean, like the, what is it? The people dressed as the, as the nurse and the doctor there yeah. in the first one, they have like, they're for sure in the first one. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if you just see Lori's neighbor at some point, since that's who she was. So maybe, yeah. I thought actually, uh, to go back, I, to uh, Brandon, the light bulb, the, what's that really? It's that weird light. It's a fluorescent light that he, bra- yeah. that he breaks. I really like, actually, I really like that moment. I thought, I thought that worked the scene where Lori has this nice moment with Will Patton and then she's leaving the grocery store and this woman's like it's immediately turned like, around. I can see like how ruined her life is yeah. and everything. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, she a- played caretaker in 2018 Halloween. Okay. Ah. But well, that's like why, that. right? Because Lori worked pretty, or she, her house was pretty near where Michael's thing was. Right. right? Yeah. 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 So maybe her neighbor just probably works at the, at the sanitarium or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is. That were you know easy commute, right? I get it. This is the is the, it's a, a law of economy. <laughs> I think sense. one of the things that's been tricky about this series, about this trilogy, that I I appreciate them trying, is that I I feel like they have to lean into his age. I mean, the first poster is that mask, but the mask almost looks like a, an old man, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's really cool, you know, and everything. But on the same end, in Halloween Kills, man, he just he just kicks, he just like destroys those first responders. I mean, that's, that's why I argue yeah. it's not leaning into his age. I mean, it's acknowledging. It's sometimes that, I feel like. I think it's acknowledging that he's older because duh, it's H4O. He's older. Right. But, I, yeah. but I don't right. think it's, I don't think it's playing into the idea that like Michael grabs a knife and his arthritis means he can't. Hold <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not doing anything like that. It's not, right. it's not suggesting. True. Also, this is, a, this is again, thinking of the idea that Michael's a man, which I'm not convinced he is, or I, I don't think the movies are either. I mean, but then why yeah. show him get older and be, I don't understand. I mean, well, I think I mean Peter, you're saying it's showing him get older. It's just showing him now. It's again, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think the movie's commenting on the fact that he's older. 
the movie itself is like beyond the fact that time has passed so logically he would be older i don't think the movie is going out of its way to say look at all the things he can't do now because he's so old that's true i think he's slowly like over these movies like losing like i feel like his kills is like his last big hurrah and like he's slowly become more of a man from unstoppable force and by this one he's able to be stopped and exposed or something like that i don't know what that that's what they're going for which i i i agree with you but i don't think that's i still don't think that's necessarily a pack factor of the age i think that's more right. of a, the no, power I don't think he has based that's on what I'm, yeah i'm talking about the, the power the, not the kill age. juice that he gets or whatever not you his age yeah. yeah like whether he was 20 or 60 is not the big deal i did like the ending when they it first happened the kitchen when the kitchen thing ends i was like oh well that's that's it they're going for more gravitas or something and then they're like we ain't done yet i was like oh okay and then they do what everybody freaking is like why don't they ever just do well this one did this one went and just just mutilated everything i was you slit his throat slit his wrist bleed about take the mask off because that seems like his one weakness oh i can't do anything about my mask (laughs) (laughs) have about have about a fucking effigy on a police car as he rides through town then drop him into the fucking grinder (laughs) yep it's it's excessive it's it's kind of funny it's kind of it's (laughs) kind of satisfying i i will say though nothing i to me like still her chopping off his damn head is like the most successful ending of Michael Myers or like almost any slasher villain that I've ever seen just because it just stunning, stunningly unsuspecting and just a huge clap moment um, to do that. And this is, this is good too. But like for me of like, that was, that's that peak right there. Well, that's, that's that going I don't for... think will ever be top. But I mean, they unfortunately they did it already. Ready. That's the, that's the problem. Well, they did it. I also, I, that's going for a visceral effect more so than, right. a, yeah. than, than an end of a legacy that this right. movie is going for. Yep. Also that movie has a better fight. It does. I don't, I don't think H2O is great, but I do like the, that fight when that in the school more between the two of them. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a salt yeah. cat and mouse fight. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Wait, can I ask Brandon, where do you rank ends? Kind of too early, but, um, I don't know. It's in the upper of the middle half, I guess. Um, yeah, I do uh, like, yeah, because I have such attachment to older ones that it's hard to not be by. Like, I recognize that these are much better made films than some of those. But like what I enjoy about those and how I've had years to go over them and still enjoy a thing. Like, I even love status quo ones like four. So, you Me know, too. when I'm sitting ghost status quo with the fanboy people, well, that's all they want. I think my thing with that is sometimes you should just admit that a film's not bad. You just want status quo or you don't, you know, like, well, here's the thing that I, you just didn't like it. You just, here's the thing I I credit universal with because, you know, obviously uh, Halloween 2018 opened huge because it had that legacy factor. Cause it's like, well, Mm -hmm. we haven't, we just, we haven't seen one of these in a long time. Uh, let alone one with Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee Curtis is back. That's that's, going to be, that's a, that's an easy novelty. That's why you're going to, boost the sales it should not be a surprise to anyone that the subsequent films did lesser than the giant opening the first one i mean that's ridiculous to think that it's like they should all open to 76 million dollars mm-hmm. that's dumb that's dumb logic period um but but the, the what i what i credit to universal is 
they made everyone think that they cared about Halloween, the franchise. <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah. I, 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 people feel like they're coming out of the woodworks, like acting as if I've they, always, they've liked always liked Halloween. Every entry I know by heart. And I, like this, <laughs> I have the, you know, the definitive opinion on these movies because I know everything about Halloween. Uh, the fact that Universal was able to create that kind of buzz around Michael Myers for, you know, four years. Good on them. Honestly, good, good on them for making them care, think they care that much about a franchise that next week they will not ever think about again. And they sit and call it like stuff terrible while like I while I have fondness for these films. I'm like, you're like you realize this exists in the same film series that has like Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, resurrection and like five. And like, oh, of course, it's worse than those. I'm, I'm, I'm like, shut up. Just. I. Yeah. <laughs> just, just it, it, it's hilarious they do that and um yeah like i like you said this is great point of view like eric is making people think they care like i have a i have a friend i won't name but like hated horror movies never could get a go one post some video like the legacy of halloween and laurie strode and jb lee curtis like you fucking why are you speaking on this like you obviously jumped in on the universal thing but like it's yeah it, it's funny that they made it believe that. And then like these people who probably checked off watching a Halloween movie and say, it's that they've seen them all they're a big fan or just like have watched the first one, took it in one, watched the Rob zombie ones. Didn't like them and like these, like it's or the 2018 one. Like it's, it's weird. It's yeah. It's weird. Fandom stuff. Yeah. And then I'm... you get those Friday the 13th fans that'll jump into diss anything Halloween to make the, make it louder. Well, it'll be nice when they get a new film finally. Yeah. Um, I have one, and then last they'll question. hate that too. I have one last question. What do you want next in the world of Haddonfield? Do you want a new Michael Myers? Do you want to return? Do you want another anthology attempt, or do you do you want to stick with the Greeniverse in some way? <laughs> now that Michael's gone, just the I guess a romantic comedy with Will Patton and Jamie Lee Curtis. Don't surprise me. That's what I want. Like so, the reason I think. And I think I've mentioned this before why I'm like not I haven't jumped over the moon for 2018 and all the like this one's the one I'm like, OK, I really like this. I, it's because up until this point, I had gotten everything. I'm a huge you know, this is one of my series. This is my like my series. Like I love these movies, love Michael Myers. Halloween's my favorite film of all time. And I've just overdone these movies. But like I got everything I think I ever wanted out of these as a fan already. Um, I wanted Jamie Lee Curtis back. I got that in 1998. I dug that movie then uh, quite a bit. Um, got, she came back. That was great. Uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween 2. That's the kind of thing that you didn't know you wanted and you got. And I really love that one. Um, I enjoyed like the, the sequels like Halloween 4. I've come to appreciate Halloween 3 more. There's the saga of the producer's cut with Halloween 6. That got solved. We got that, you know, like there's all these pieces. And then this has just been like extra, like gravy. And then they made this new one. They were, they were going to all do all this different stuff. And all you did was the same stuff. Um, Kills was a little bit more interesting to me. And then this one was like, oh, okay, here we are again. It's not quite the full on whackness, wackiness that Zombies Halloween 2 was. But for me, just surprise me take a take a chance um i imagine what we'll get next is a status quo michael myers movie featuring like completely different characters animated I, animated would be great 
Uh, I imagine they'll probably take three. I mean, these still make money. Like, and they don't cost anything. Like the first one made enough to make like four or five more. Um, Blumhouse could convince the anthology, but with the reception, online reception. Well, I've Blumhouse, seen... the rights are reverted. I mean, the Blumhouse doesn't have this anymore after this point. They'll they'll go back to them. They made them. I mean, they, yeah, they can't. Yeah, they could just redo the contract. But He's I mean, in they're... their logo for one movie. I don't think that's gonna. Yeah. So, um, unless Blumhouse can whisper, I know they have. You know, Ryan Turek. He knows his stuff. He's involved with Blumhouse, and he's been very on these Halloweens. He could maybe whisper to the Akkad family that let's try the Halloween three thing again. But I wouldn't be surprised if we just get a status quo, start from scratch, Michael Myers movie. For the next one, with Peter. Peter, what would you prefer? Um, at this point, you know, kind of like No Time to Die. Um, I wouldn't mind taking five years or whatever, and then let, and then just, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, not necessarily. Yeah, I would. I would take five years and then Halloween. Although I don't know if you just call it Halloween again, um, but I would I would be down with a new vision of what Michael Myers is, a new vision of like who the final girl or or guy is. I would I would redo. I I do kind of want a Loomis, but I would yes I would be very much like what is the core of what the seventy eight version is now mix it up and make it relevant and everything. Like I don't even care if the ma- you could even change the mask. Like I mean. But I definitely want some kind of powerful, unstoppable force, I guess, because now you're not if you're not tied to Jamie Lee Curtis, there's no reason that Michael or whatever this killer is has to be like 64 or whatever anymore. So I think that's what I would like. I don't know. We have so many good, good things like Black Mirror and other anthologies that I don't know if I would need a horror. I mean, I guess it'd be cool to see a horror anthology like Halloween on the big screen. I guess that's kind of interesting. You know, yeah, my thing would be some kind of reimagining of what the core story is, new actors, new characters, and yeah, maybe a new mask and stuff. That could be cool. Sure. In 2028, give me the um we're going to ignore everything after sequel to Halloween 4 with Daniel Harris. Oh, I would love Actually, I really like So well, yeah, as we, so we're, so really we're like getting Halloween. rid of the Thorn Cult is what you're saying. Or you can <laughs> give yeah. or you can you could give me the follow up to the Thorn. Do that to another timeline of yours uh, in Halloween, break it off even more. Um give Danielle Harris her H4O. Or you know what? We're getting close to Scout Taylor Compton's H2O. So we could go there too. So True. uh let's get, get messy. Get, let's have fun. Get Rob Zombie's Halloween 3D. There you go. What do you want to do, Rob? Get um, Taylor and uh, Scout back. I I just you know what we'll get we'll get Loomis the Netflix series. It'll be eight episodes. It'll be all about Doctor Loomis's you know what what else he's doing while he's also uh, season being, three will being... be Michael Myers comes in. At no, the, 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 the whole series is like uh, you know when he's not hanging out with Michael Myers because Michael Myers would just say nothing. <laughs> just there are ghosts in Haddonfield. Um. But yeah, I don't know what to expect next. I do hope it's something that's just exciting in some way, but I like this franchise, so it's not like I'm not going to race out and see whatever they come up with as far as the world of Haddonfield's concerned. When should people see Halloween Ends? Peter, when should people see Halloween Ends? It's playing in Peter oh. and Peacock. 
I mean, right, right away. If you're a fan of the series, of course, I think, right. I think it's just, I mean, look, I don't like the movie the way you guys do, but I, I certainly like talking about it and everything. So um, I, I like seeing it on the big screen. So I always, I'm always pushing for going to the movie theater. Um, but yes, but obviously, yes, it's also on Peacock and, you know, I'm sure it looks good on Peacock too. So yeah. Brandon. Uh, Michael's a big screen monster for me. So go see it in the theater. Um, that'll keep you from pulling your phone out and not noticing some of the highlights of this movie. I would agree. I'm a fan. I like the movie. I think it's worth seeing in the theater. It's Halloween season. Why not see a new Halloween movie? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I do mm-hmm. want to add a little footnote yeah. that I just recollected um, and I knew before, but uh, this Corey Michael Myers thing isn't the first time it's come up for Halloween. Um, there was an idea, Halloween 5, of course, Daniel Harris following around being a killer. But Halloween H2O in some early scripting phase, the Adam Hanbird character was supposed to be a copycat Michael Myers on that campus um, who had discovered her identity and stuff, killing, and then the real Michael would show up later on. So this was this is something like the James Bond series that's kind of been sitting there in a bucket of ideas that um, had not gotten explored yet, but now has. So. For those being like, well, like it's been on the table before. Cool. I mean, I do like knowing that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. It gets cut from the episode. We've taught. <laughs> it's on, that's on Abe, who has a lot to work with so far. Cut for time. Um, let's move on now. Uh, <laughs> we we do have we still do have time uh, for a couple things here, including um, I think uh, yeah, that's right. It's uh, time for some games. All right, that should have been the improv. That was, should have been. That was the improv theme for games, um, of course. And I have a game for you guys this week. It is called The Shape of Murder. I have a series of questions here that are all multiple choice. They're all numerical in answer. I'm going to ask you these questions. The first person to yell their name out and and say what they think the answer is gets the point. Feel free to jump in if you think you know the answer before I actually give you the multiple choice options. Um, because so you might, might think you know it already. So don't don't necessarily wait for me to finish the question. That said, if you you know answer before we finish, and then I ask something completely different, then you're screwed. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go through these. Here we go. First question: How many times was Judith Myers stabbed to death by young Michael? Seven, eight, nine, or ten? Brandon. Brandon. Seven. Incorrect. Peter for the steal. Eight. It is nine. I'm on the board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. How many necks does Michael snap in Halloween 2018? Zero, two, three, or five? 2018? Yeah. Uh, zero two three or five peter peter two incorrect what are the other options zero three or five brandon three three is correct he snaps kevin kevin's father that's the kid that wants to dance and his father and then the podcaster dana haynes brandon's on the board next one How many members of the Strode family are killed during Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers? Two, three, four, or five? 
Brandon. Brandon. Three. Incorrect. Wait, say the question again. How, How many, many members of the Strode family are killed during Halloween, the Curse of Michael Myers? What, and how, what are the oh, options? Oh, you jerk. Two, three, four, or five. You jerk. I, mm-hmm. I would think it's only one. Well, the, the multiple choice options are two, three, four, or five. Four. Four is the correct answer. Brandon, you missed out on Jamie, of course. I'm guessing, I did. Right? Yep. Yes. Because yep, yep, I was yep, thinking yep. of Jamie, but who else gets killed besides Jamie? Uh, John Strode, Tim Strode, and Deborah Strode. Yeah, the Strode family in the movie. <laughs> that are living in the Myers house. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. All right. Yeah. 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 Jamie was a Lloyd, though. She's, yeah. That's her and Lori was, a, Lori was technically a Myers, not a Strode, but. <laughs> Okay, here's the next one. Play your games. Here's the next one. Her name was her name was Jamie Strode before she moved it. Here's the next one. How many times has someone else been killed being confused for Michael Myers? Two, three, four, or five? Peter. Peter? Three. It is three. Mm. You have Ben Tramer in Halloween 2. You have Ted Hollister in Halloween 4. And the paramedic. Of course, in Halloween H two O slash Resurrection, right, right. Wait, 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 wait. What was the question? How many times has someone else been con- been killed after being confused for Michael Myers? Could you count the guy in Halloween Kills that jumps off because all the people are chasing after him that they think he's Michael? Hmm. So my answer would be <laughs> four. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it to you. Four yeah. suicide. I'm, I'm, I'm taking this point for Peter. <laughs> I'm, no, right. I'll, I'll keep. Peter keeps the point. Brandon keeps the point. Because he was in my head when I was. You're thinking. right. No, I didn't consider that. I was that like, actually, but that makes a level of sense. Although he kills himself. Uh, but, but anyway. But would he it. have had people not been chasing after Confused him? He's Michael Myers. Thinking he was right, Michael yeah. Myers. They might have all grabbed him and be like, oh, it's not actually him. Uh, you know, one of those sensible things that riot, rioters generally do. Uh, here's the next one. Ted Hollister was killed by accident by how many shotguns being fired at him in Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers? Three, four, five, or six? Brandon, six. Incorrect. Peter, four. Four is right. Four shotguns. I like that Ted Hollister's been part of two questions. I like saying Ted Hollister. Here's the next one. How many times does Michael slam Joe Grizzly's head against a bathroom stall at Rob Zombie's Halloween? 12, 14, 18, or 22? It's a lot. (laughs) uh, Peter, 18? Incorrect. 22? I mean, it's a lot. I'm going to go Brandon, 14? It is 14. You got it. I was like, man, 22 is (laughs) excessive. Even for Rob. Here's the next one. How many people are killed by a syringe in Halloween 2? One, two, three, or four? Brandon. Oh, wait. I don't know if one of these is... counts as that, though. I'm going to say two. Correct answer is two. Because the one Who's gets the her blood. One? Her blood gets red. Dr. Mixter already has it in his eye, and then he comes behind the nurse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Someone's already dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Here's the next one. How many first responders slash firefighters were killed by Michael in Halloween Kills? 8, 10, 11, or 14? Wait, what are the numbers again? 8, 10, 11, or 14? 
Peter. Peter. I think because I just saw this scene. Is it eight, ten? Does someone say this specifically in the movie? Ten. Incorrect. Eleven. Oh, ten. (laughs) Brandon. Eleven. It is eleven. Thanks, Peter. (laughs) I mean, I didn't give you a hint. (laughs) He just narrowed one down, which is nice. All right. I mean, you could watch and count that it's 11 of these guys. I didn't have time to put it on the TV before. I'm not asking that you can't. I'm just saying, no, nobody says he killed 11 firefighters. I just, you watch the movie and you see 11 firefighters. Oh, okay. In the movie, they say that he killed. Yes, there is a headline in it, but they don't say the number. Yeah. Here's the next one. How many people are killed by Michael's signature weapon, the kitchen knife, in Halloween H2O? Three, four, five, or six? With the kitchen knife? Uh... Peter. Peter. Five. Incorrect. Hang on. <laughs> oh, I can't. Mm. Well, it was what, three, two, four, three, five, four, or six. Five. Oh, three, four, five, or six. Oh, man. I got to say three, but it's probably four. So I'm going to go with three. It's four. The you have, kid, the, you have Tony uh, the kid at the beginning. beginning. Okay, Marion. Because he's hey, he's okay. I couldn't remember Marion, Sarah, and then Will. Will. Yeah. Yep, I couldn't remember that kid's. I was like, it's probably him, but I'm gonna go with the ones I know. All right, or could remember. So here's the next one. How many silver shamrock henchmen are killed by lasers by Tom Atkins, Daniel Chalice in Halloween Three: Season of the Witch? 12, 14, 16, 18, or twenty. <laughs> how many uh, silver shamrock henchmen are killed with lasers Tw- peter do you, what'd you say 12 incorrect 14 brandon. 16 18 or 20 brandon brandon 14 worked for me before so let's go again it's 16 oh he gets a lot of people with those lasers Here's the next one. How many cops do we see killed in Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers? 8, 10, 12, or 14? Shit. Peter. Peter. What was the highest number? 14? 14. 14. Incorrect. Brandon, 12. It is 12. Okay. Not all by Michael Myers. Here's the next one. We got three more. How many total times does Michael stab Octavia Spencer's nurse Octavia Daniels in the Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween 2? Yeah, Six, that is like... nine, 11, or 14? Uh, Peter. Peter? 11? It is 11. Oh, okay. And it's the 11th Halloween, or no, it's the 10th Halloween film, so it doesn't matter. But still, it's 11. <laughs> Octavia Spencer's name is Octavia Daniels. That's funny. Um, I imagine she just gave herself a last name, but uh, okay, here's the next one. How many knives does Michael use to pin Rudy Grimes to the door in Halloween Resurrection? Zero, one, two, or three? Brandon, Brandon, two, incorrect. No, Peter, Peter, what was the numbers again? Zero, one, two, or three. Three. It is three. 
he he pins him with two, then he shoves another one in him. Oh, <laughs> he okay. gets that third one. In I remember there. the two. I remember the two. But... Yeah, but he, but he puts another one in, and and he looks at him like, "How could you, Michael?" <laughs> um, guys, it's a tie game, and we're at the last question. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> all the marbles. All right. <laughs> here we here we go. How many people does Corey Cunningham kill in Halloween Ends? Seven, eight, nine, or ten? Peter. Peter? Eight. Incorrect. Damn it. Oh, hold on. I got this. (laughs) Ah. Oh, wow. Um. Well, that's weird. Because I came up with the same number Peter did. Yeah, because I'm. Tr- I don't know who else. There's one that's uh. So. So hold on. There. Huh? Uh. <laughs> Nine. It's ten. It's ten. It's ten. Name them, Aaron. Vagabond, Doctor Mathis, uh-huh. Billy, Stacy, Terry, Margo. Those are the bullies. His mom. Oh, I forgot his mom. I forgot the mom. I forgot his mom. His mom. I forgot the mom and the the, and the, 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 the radio receptionist. Yeah, Will, Willie the kid, and of course little Jeremy Allen. Yep. I forgot I, the mom. I had That's... a I had eleven for a while because I'm like Andy kills himself, but then I'm like no, he doesn't. Michael breaks his neck. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but... Do you remember the dad was like, "Fun, love, take it" or whatever? What did he say? Uh, no, I can't think of that. The dad has a great character actor face, by the way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I really like the dad just because of his look. You don't see guys like that in movies. Exactly. And and I'd argue there's a few of those in Halloween Kills. Um, Okay, so neither of you got the last question. So that means we need a bonus round here. Um, So let me one second uh, while I get some information that I need for this. Uh, I did not expect there to be a tie. (laughs) Hold on. All right. <clears throat> Worldwide, what is the lowest grossing Halloween film? Worldwide? Peter. Worldwide. Peter. Peter. Cursed? Do you say curse? Curse. No, it is not curse. Halloween was... 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. It is Halloween 5, The Revenge is of Michael less Myers. than curse? What's it the numbers? Because it didn't get a big global release. Uh, how there's Halloween four of seventeen million, Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers with fifteen million, Halloween three Season of the Witch with fourteen million, and Halloween five The Revenge of Michael Myers with eleven million. Uh, to be fair, the domestic box office is, is basically the same as the worldwide box office for all these, so it didn't really make much of a difference worldwide or domestic. But that said, Brandon, you are the winner nice. of the Shape of Murder. Congratulations, good job, and good thanks for playing, Peter. I mean, you both got the same number of questions right now. <laughs> so it's, it's a tricky game. Um, okay, let's move on. Now, that was games. Let's move on to so out now feedback, 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 where we go over the rules of various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash now podcast. I asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave some answers. So we're going to go through those now. Brandon and Peter, feel free to chime in with your responses as we go through them. First mm-hmm. up, what's your favorite Michael Myers kill? Chris writes, Jamie's barn death and Halloween 6, the curse of Michael Myers. What do you guys have? What's your favorite Michael Myers kill? Bob, the original. It's just a classic kill. That's why we come back to Michael. Stuff like that. 
Peter. Wait, which is your favorite? Brandon? Bob in the original Halloween. Bob the boyfriend who gets just stabbed on the wall and then Michael stares at him and turns his head. Oh, that's pretty great. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> that's a, um, Mine is um, Annie, um, just because of the elaborate nature of everything going on there as far as the car is locked. She goes out, mm -hmm. gets the keys, comes back, gets in the yeah, car, realizes she doesn't she, she need the keys. Why? Windows all fogged up. Michael's out there all of a sudden behind her. Like, that's just a lot of like, I really like the build up to that whole sequence. That's this. I would story. I would say, I mean, as long as you're kind of ex extrapolating on our reasons and stuff, then I would actually say it's. um bob's what's pj souls what's her character's name linda linda i would actually say linda not necessarily even it's not even the fact you know get your ghost bob it's not even the fact of like the strangling um it's the fact of the i i, I think it's more uh the music that kicks in when she's like doesn't she say like laurie's like i'll kill you if this is a joke or whatever like it's more all that the way it like brings the score in and everything that mm -hmm. I really like and mm -hmm. just the focus on his mask and everything. All right. Yeah. Next question. What's your favorite slasher movie romance? Justin writes the Terminator. Mm. <laughs> that's a really good movie answer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a like that, that's a good answer. Good slasher yeah. movie romance. Yeah. I mean, there's of course, uh, uh, Joey, Jerry O'Connell and Neff Campbell at scream too. Um, only to be outdone by Patrick Dempsey in, <laughs> in Scream 3. But that but, whole, like, I, you know, he's singing in the cafeteria. That's fun. I like oh, that. no, that's great. I mean, Dewey and Gale, everybody likes that. Scream 3 is the romantic ones. It's got all the romances. So, um, romance and slashers. Chucky and Tiffany. It's good stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the pride of Chucky's. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. Peter, anything coming to mind? I like, I don't know, it's a huge romance, but I I like um I like Lori's friend who like picks up the guy. And they're basically making out in the van before they get killed and everything. I kind of like their like little their chemistry, but it's a quick scene. It's a quick little moment. Right. Remember, there's like that big barn party, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. like I kind of like them. They're he's like nerdy, and it's kind of a cute couple. Doesn't moment. Michael like destroy that guy while he's taking a piss? Like, isn't that what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. comes yeah. out of nowhere, to, like just just demolishes him. Yeah, and gets I him mean, in the van. In terms of pure Halloween, I mean. uh, Halloween H2O, Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Adam, Al, Arkin. Uh, Adam Arkin have some pretty good chemistry there. They're yeah, fun to watch together. True. And then I I think it's hard. It's not really romance, but I think Paul Rudd and Marion Hagen work really well together and, and Curse of Michael Myers. They have some good stuff going on between those two. Um, even though it's not like built upon a romance, they share scenes quite well. All right. All right. Next question. What's your favorite fight from a slasher film? Justin has not a film, but Psych episode Tuesday the 17th. Uh, and Mark Hoffmeyer has the pool fight in Strangers Pray at Night. So oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, God, I mean, we talked about Halloween H2O. That's a great one. Um, I think the end of Friday the 13th part two. It's a good fight. Ginny and Jason. Um, uh, Alice and Freddie and 
Dream Warrior or Dream Master is pretty cool. Uh, Jason X has Uber Jason versus the uh, Cyborg, so you know you got that going for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, does, the, does the Leprechaun have any good fights? Uh, <laughs> uh no, no. There's uh, Fre- Freddy versus Jason, of course. Yeah, Child's Play Two has the the store, the the kid, the they're at the factory. That's the factory. Really, yeah, that's really cool. Um, let's see. You don't know it's an underrated thing in 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 the um the horror movies in Chucky movies. Whenever Brad Dourif has to like scream as Chucky, he's like, Aah! oh yeah, but, yeah, 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 but it's yeah. a little doll, so it's like, oh, he's so angry. It's always like, ah! <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, there's good fights. Uh, I'm just like blanking for some reason. It's probably because it's late. Uh, I do like that Lori's fights with Michael are like samurai battles where it's just like one hit and you're gone. Right. Where it's just like, it's like a knitting needle. It's like, and then that's the, that's the other first one. <laughs> um, next question. What's your favorite Jamie Lee Curtis performance, horror or otherwise? Scott has a fish called Wanda. Todd Lee, a friend of the show, has Trading Places and True Lies. Chris has Have to Agree with Fish Called Wanda. And Philip has True Lies. That's probably right in there. Those are all pretty good. She's quite good in, recently in Knives Out. For you know, yeah, and then, and then everything out. everywhere all at once, quite good yeah. too for yeah. more recent ones. So there's that. All right. Next question. Who would be a good horror villain for Michael Liars to face off against? Todd has Chucky. Michael Lee, friend of the show, has Annabelle, and Scott has Hannibal Lecter. Michael don't fight. Michael's like Wesley Snipes and Blade Trinity. He goes alone. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I've always thought it, like the slash. It's such a weird thing to like, like Freddie and Jason, they could fight, like that. That just for some reason works for me. But like Michael, I guess Michael could fight a Freddie. That would make sense in like the Jason sense. But like two slasher people, I know they were working. They flirted with Pinhead versus uh Michael, Michael. but the Cods were never going in on that. Um. Because uh, there was there was idea that like somehow that like a Cenobite would Michael would become a Cenobite, and that was a that was a part of what the script was. But and, I don't know. Because yeah, Freddy versus Jason was always a playground thing. It came to yeah I get fruition, that. but no one ever was like, "Well, Michael fought Leatherface." Like it's just kind of weird. But they made Dracula and all those guys work. So somebody could, if someone could, un- someone could unlock it. I'm sure they could make it happen. But maybe Michael versus the undead, like the Romero zombies, hmm. just put a town slicing them up to get to people because they can't stop him. But he's just coming after some. I don't know. Hmm. I'm getting stupid here. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what are some great films about corrupted towns? Eric has Salem's Lot, the original. Scott has Copland. Christopher has The Wicker Man, The Fog, Hot Fuzz, Mississippi Burning, Frank Miller, Sin City, Bad and Bad Day at Black Rock. And Philip has Hot Fuzz and Yojimbo. Silent Hill. Yeah. Pretty good corrupt town or whatever. In the heat of the night count. Hey. <laughs> True. All right. Um. All right, last question. What's your favorite horror series fin- film finale? Think any answers on this one? Horror series? Film finale. 
Huh. Well, I mean, if we count the two Rob Zombies as, as their own little mini series, then I really like that last shot. I like that end. Yeah, the way he wraps up his own series. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty great. Like, um, but I'm assuming you mean a bigger like. No, I mean it, but for one thing, it's not. There's no rules to this question. It's a good answer. Um, I, I would count that as its own series. It's a it is a remake series, and it you know it ended. Any others though? Because mm, a lot of them don't know their ending. I that, know, hence my hence my questions. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that. wait a minute. The freaking uh, what should we call it? Well, it's not. It's not the final destination. It's really. The, is it final destination five? Is final that destination yeah. five? Yeah. But that's a really a good six. ending. They're making a six. So oh, it's okay. not. It's not made yet, Brandon. It's not made yet. <laughs> for the time. For the time being, that's the right franchise now. finale. That is. That's a good that's one. That's a good. That's a good that's one. A good, it's yeah. a circle. That's really cool. It's better uh, than Candyman three. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh. Better than Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Yeah. Probably. Back to the Hood, probably. Um. Let's see. Um, trying to think. Uh. Is 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 Land of the Dead the finale to the Romero? Well, or, no, because they, he's he's got diary and but those, do those survival. go with those? Like, do they count? Who the, like, does those, Dawn the, go with nights? I mean, like, I mean, they're of that same timeline. A diary feels like it's the start of a zombie thing, which is clearly not in the '60s. So, I don't know. I don't know if Dawn is picking up where Night left off, but it's during the same zombie pandemic or epidemic thing. So and day is of that same one. It's just you know we take place with different people, and then and then land is of that too. But diary feels like it's the start of a whole new one. I like mean, as I see where you're coming from, and again, or did no, it? There's did no it rules end in this question. Beginning again? I don't know. I was trying to find a finale. Damn it, Aaron. Um, <laughs> trying to think. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. I think Final Destination Final is a pretty Destination good call. Is, for yeah, that's probably the best one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's not enough feedback. feedback, feedback, oh, feedback. Wishmaster 4. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, where, where did Dracula 3000 leave off? Are we good with that? <laughs> Ash uh, vs. the Evil Dead Season 3. There you right, go. There, there you yep. go. Okay. Well, with all of that said, that's going to do for this week's episode about Now with Aaron Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodeseek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Leave Entertainment for movie reviews, and I write for Why So Blue for Criterion and Blu-ray. Uh, reviews. I am on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Peter Paris, where can people find more of you online? Uh, I also write for We Live Entertainment, and I haven't written in a long time, but um, I still do technically write also at com. and I'm on socials as Pajamo. Brandon Peters. All right. Uh, I'll start with socials at Brandon4KUHD. I'll be back here on Out Now with Aaron and Abe for another horror special or two. Two of them, right? Got after this? Yep coming um and you can check me out the brandon peters show it's my podcast the brandon peters show.com i'm um, talking about after this drops it'll be next week we're going to do two weeks of the wnuf halloween special uh with jessica alsman um and then the next week we're t- i'm talking about the sequel to it called the um out there halloween mega tape uh with troy brownfield the saturday evening post and that'll be followed by the big tim burton retrospective in starting november uh, with Scott Mendelson, um, a box office writer, and heard of him, yes. <laughs> and then um, Weisselblue.com 
got plenty of cool stuff coming at you. I've been doing some unboxing stuff recently too. I'm uh, getting the, brushing the dust off of that. Got a lot of cool titles that I've either purchased or am reviewing this month over there. So check that out. Very cool. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now Thursday on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.gmail.com. They also follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, again, please head to our iTunes review page and leave us a star rating interview. That'd be wonderful. Peter, Brandon, thank you very much for joining me to discuss Halloween Ends. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. Glad to have you guys both here. Thank you to the listeners for listening. Next week, we'll be talking Black Adam. Stay tuned. Yep, <laughs> he's coming. He's going to rewrite the rules of the DC universe or something of that regard. Uh, but that's going to happen next week. So then, until next time, so long and goodbye.